Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. On today's episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on February 28th, 2020, the second to last day of the month because it is a leap year, Tyler. Extra day. We got a little bit of a shorter episode, episode coming at you. It's pretty much just baseball, honestly. A lot of baseball. Uh, we're going to do our MLB award predictions that we did last year. Um, I believe last year, I think I got three of the six we predicted right. American League MVP, National League Cy Young, and National League Rookie of the Year. So I'm, I'm coming in as a heavy, you know, minus 400 favorite in this competition. I'm only counting two of those as a win because Trout was one of them. You also had Trout, but I, I still came away with the victory. We're going to do that exact same thing that we did last year, so that should be fun. We're going to have some more baseball talk, a little bit of debate that I think we're going to agree on, but we're just going to discuss discuss the debate on the same side of the debate and then also we do have a little bit of non-baseball for you since it's the last episode of february even though it's not the last day we're going to give you some march movies that you should be looking forward to we actually got quite a few movies yeah it's gonna be a good month. this month yeah so anything else oh, let's do it. i don't feel so good Alrighty, Tyler, let's just get right into it. Mm. Coming at you with some 2020 MLB award predictions. We're going to go uh, each category, maybe maybe start out with manager of the year, work our way up to MVP. Mm. Okay. Build the suspense. <laughs> in the middle of a drink. <laughs> um, also, last year we only chose our one favorite. This year we got our one, two, and three picks. So number one's obviously the one we feel most confident about. Two and three, a little less confident, but still good options. Maybe three's a little long shot we'd like to see. 
much like your Cy Young pick last year for the American League. Okay, so I was thinking, should we have a point system? I don't know how this would work, though, because what if the person I say that is going to finish second finishes in third? So point system just for winners. So if you finish second in MVP, no points awarded. So five (laughs) points if we get a first place. If our number one gets it, three points if our number two gets it, one point if our number three gets it. I was going to say, oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that could. Uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Otherwise, it's gonna get way too complicated. Well, my idea was three points if you get the MVP right, and then two points if you get one of your two or three right in the exact location, and then one point if you get your two or three not in your two or three spot. See, we're not gonna do all that. <laughs> so, what was your idea again? Just if your number one guy wins, you get five points. If your number two guy wins, you get three points. Can we do three, two, one points? Sure. Okay, so if your guy, if I don't think your number matters, one MVP so. pick wins the MVP, you get three points. Your number two, you get two points. Yeah, I like it. Easy, straightforward. Um, so manager of the year, Tyler. Manager of the year, Jason. I had no clue on this one. I feel like the thing I with, feel good. The thing with manager of the year is it's a lot. It's mostly storylines. I mean, Absolutely. if it was if it was based on wins, you know, the one seed would always fucking win manager of the year. Yeah. So I'll start it off. Let's go NL. I uh, I got Joe Girardi. Is oh. that your number one? I was going to work backwards. I mean, I have Luis Rojas. It's all right. We could talk about Joe Girardi, <laughs> number one, because that is also who I had for manager right. of the year, number one. That's fine. Uh, we talked about it in our MLB Over Under podcast. Be sure to check it out. We both think the Phillies are going to be somewhat of a wagon this year. 90-plus mm. wins. Oh, yeah. Um, Joe Girardi, new manager in town on the Phillies, a team that underperformed last year with 81 wins, did battle some injuries, did get better in the offseason. Everyone's sleeping on the Phillies. I've been seeing some like win-loss predictions. I see them at like... 82 83 wins like i saw like some things putting them at like fourth in the nl east this year granted yeah they have hard competition but like if you put their roster up against the angels no offense ty i don't want to talk about the angels this early on but like i think i might take the phillies that's tough that's tough to do to me right now um so i think joe girardi you know he's the experienced guy he's gonna do what he needs to do he probably won't do much to really win it but he will just be the manager of a good team and not screw up enough to win like 92 games and he'll win manager of the year yeah i think he's the new guy in town and they're experienced team He's experienced. They're a Phillies team that underperformed last year. Yep. So it's not like they added huge pieces to make them better. I just think they're going to perform better as a team this year. Well, and they added they added Zach Wheeler and Didi Gregorius. Yeah, they added Those good two pieces. Good additions. Yeah. They added good pieces, but I'm not saying like it wasn't like last year where, you know, if you add Harper and then win a bunch of games, they're just going to give Harper all the credit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They added good pieces, but now if that team performs much better than they did, all the fingers are going to go to Joe Girardi for yeah. turning the team around. I so. think. They underperformed by, let's say, six games last year, and then their free agent acquisitions will win them three more games. Joe Girardi will win them one more. 91. 91. All right, 91 wins. Yeah, I had Joe Girardi (laughs) winning it as well. All right, kind of went out of order. We're not going to do that for the rest. (laughs) Um, Who's your two and three? Just give me both your two and three right now, then. Just rip them both off. Jace Tingler, number two, manager of the San Diego Padres. I think if the Padres have their good young players come up, Mm -hmm. perform good, I think he can get some credit if they maybe sneak into like a second wild card spot. I don't see yeah. it happening, but I think that's a good storyline. Um, yeah, which could get him the award. And then Luis Rojas with the Mets. With the Mets, oh yeah, that would actually be a good a good uh, narrative too, because you know the whole Carlos Beltran thing and uh, the Mets obviously never win. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a good rotation. I think Ioannis Cespedes is coming back. They got Pete Alonso, who's still going to be fucking probably amazing this year. Um, I think their team could be good, and I think with everything that happened. In the off season, with him just coming on as the manager a few weeks ago, yeah, um, I think that could be really good if they perform well. 
The Padres, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on the Padres, and maybe that's just because they always lose and they're in my division, so I'm used to it. They always find a way to ruin things. But, I mean, Machado underperformed in his first year in San Diego. Hosmer has underperformed every year in San Diego. It's that thick San Diego air, man. Yeah, it's something. It, it's something, does it? You know, um, but they have a lot of good rookies is what I'm banking on. Well, yeah, they got a lot of youth, and, I mean, I don't Prospects. love their pitching staff. Um, Mackenzie Gore is listed as their seventh on their depth chart. He's filthy. If he makes the big leagues this year, then I would be concerned. Um, but I don't know. I just I feel like they're always one year away. I feel like last year they're one year away, and this year they're somehow still one year away. I don't think they're going <laughs> to do good, but I think if they do good, he's yeah, going to be a, a really pick. good pick for manager of the year. Um, I had neither of the the two or three. Who was your third again? Uh, Luis Rojas for the Luis Mets. Luis Rojas didn't even think about him again. I just it's the Mets usually sucking. Overlook them. My number two tie is a team that I was higher on than you, so it makes sense why you wouldn't pick him. And it's mostly a media narrative. And I honestly don't like this manager signing at all, but it's David Ross. Oh, Chicago Cubs. I think it's weird to hire a guy who was just playing for you like two, three years ago and expect, I, I don't know. I guess it's not like he's your boss because it's kind of like more of a brotherhood in the MLB, but still. I mean, yeah, but I think even when he was with the team, he had limited playing time. He was already like a player coach yeah. his last season. So I think it fills in nicely, but it's not going to be a culture change or anything. I just, but I've been on the record and I'm doubling down on the Cubs being somewhat decent returning to the playoffs. I think I had, I think they're going to win the NL Central. And I think, you know, he'll, he'll finish runner up only because Joe Girardi did better. And I think the Phillies have a little bit lower expectations than the Cubs. And the number three, I went with uh, Dave Roberts just because the Dodgers are going to threaten to beat the all time wins record. And I think that's going to get him some credit. I agree. I just think the narrative usually isn't the team with the most wins. Um, but when you're threatening to break the all-time wins record, it absolutely could. He's going to get some third place votes just to get him up there. No, I agree. I, th- I think all the picks are good. That's the thing with manager of the year. It really just depends on how the season pans out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, American League tie. All right, doing this one right. My number three tie is um, Dusty Baker Ooh. on the Houston Astros. Okay. Um, maybe the media won't give the Astros love, but everyone loves Dusty Baker. You know, he's taken over this team that is getting all the backlash they deserve for cheating. And, you know, he's just a media darling. And I think they're just naturally going to be good again. And because the media loves them, it's going to be like, oh, look what Dusty Baker did to kind of right this ship. I actually finished third. really like that pick. I When I was thinking of it earlier, he was one of my options. Spoiler alert, I didn't choose him on here, but I love that pick. Oh, thank you, Tom. Man's already been a bulletproof vest for the Astros, just fucking taking all the shots. And they don't he's even apologizing. Have to be... He wasn't even on the team. Yeah, they don't even have to be that. Like, if they're just a playoff team and he's just wearing this, like, with pride and dignity, like, he's going to get votes. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Um, my pick. For number three. The, the Number three. There's another team I was really high on when we were doing our over-unders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this guy also has a lot of young players on his team. He also added some good pieces. Um, Charlie Montoyo of the Toronto Blue Jays. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either, but he's the manager of the Blue Jays. And I think when you have Vlad Jr., Biggio, um, they got one more. I can't think of his name. Bobachet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a good team. They added Ryu, who could help that rotation. Yeah. Um, I think they have a chance to be good. And, I again, if you have a lot of young guys on your team, I think more of the credit gets pushed towards the coaching staff and the manager if they yeah. sneak into a wild card spot. That's fair. So, he's my third pick. I think it's a long shot, but uh, I throw him up there. Number two, kind of fitting that he's two alongside David Ross, and that's Joe Madden. Mm. Um, Angels' new manager. Um, I I don't know how I feel about the Angels. I really every time I I've thought about you guys a lot more than the Dodgers because I feel like the Dodgers is just such, such like a why even play the regular season. There's a breakdown today. You guys are top ten in depth at every single position. <laughs> the worst is tenth, and I think it's like second base or something. No, it's third base. Well, it was third base. Yeah, well, fucking Justin Turner in terms of WAR, and I think that's just because his fielding's bad, and he was hurt last year. Yeah, 
So like Muncie would play third, but then the Muncie war ends up going over to first. So it, like whatever. But second in center field, second in right field. It was bullshit. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, Joe Madden. I don't know. I I keep leaning on again not to bring up the Angels, but I keep leaning on you guys not being a playoff team next year. I mean, it's just kind of history repeats itself. But I do think you guys will at least be in the running. I will give you that. And I have been on the record. It's on the post note right here in the wall that no AL wild card will have ninety plus wins. So you guys are going to be in the race. And even if you just you guys just falling short will end him will lead to him finishing second. But he's going to turn around a seventy two win team into like a eighty four win team, and he'll get he'll get the you know the courtesy votes. Finish second place. Okay. New manager, new city, return home. Whatever that narrative. Good narrative. Number Has two. To, oh, I'll hold that off. Never mind. Number two. Hold it off for later. Rick Renteria, Chicago White Sox. Oh. Okay. Um, are you're, you you're real high on the White Sox, Jay? Uh, yeah. I was looking. I don't know if I agree with you, but if it does pan out the way you're saying it will, he's absolutely going to get some love. Yeah. He's my number one. So I, I, I figured agree. I was waiting for you to say it. I agree. <laughs> Rick Renseria, American League Manager of the Year, just penciled it in. You know, as a team that shares a spring training facility with a, a team as talented as the Dodgers, they're learning some things, you know. <laughs> they're peeking over the fence. <laughs> they're across, you know, they're watching two MVPs practice of, you know, a three-time Cy Young one winner, a maybe That's, future Cy Young winner. That is all, yeah, also an MVP. <laughs> they're young. They also got some experience. A former Dodger in Yasmani Grandal, maybe saying hi to his former teammates. You know, they're just, they, they got a good, they they're, they look good, man. Their bullpen is their only thing I'm a little bit concerned about, but they even added there last year, so, or in Didn't the offseason. the Nationals this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Bullpens I don't know. Bullpens are overrated. I really like the White Sox. I think, I obviously don't think they're going to finish with 90 wins, because I think they're probably going to be a wild card, maybe an 88-win team, and... He's my manager of the year vote. I want to look at the White Sox AL Central odds and maybe put money on it. Just like 20 bucks. Like- I, I know you're sitting high on them. And you're getting to me. That's why I threw Rick Rentree in there. <laughs> Number one for me, I waited on it, Joe Madden. Oh, okay. I had to go with the hometown love there. <laughs> I figured uh, you would. Joe Madden coming back. I think our team had one of its worst records in quite a while. I think it was the worst record ever. Not I ever. S- we were fucking garbage when I we thought expanded. it was. I thought that was like your fewest wins ever. Like worst winning percentage since, or something. I know it was our worst since like the sh- like before Sosha. I'll look it up while you keep talking. Um, again, Joe Madden coming back to the Angels. Great narrative. Uh, yeah. Turning around a garbage team from last year into a playoff team. <laughs> um, if we can fucking st- whatever. Hopefully, stay healthy. I think um, you know Mike Trout on the team, Shohei Otani. If everyone's healthy, everything does good. We should be much better than we were last year. And if we can even flirt with the playoffs, I think Joe Madden gets a lot of love as a new coach. Yeah, he will. So yeah, your guys is yeah worst winning percentage since 1999. Yeah, 432. Oh, wow. I, I thought it was your worst season ever. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I was like, I know we were fucking terrible when we like the team first started. Man. That's like when they made Angels in the outfield and shit, and they're just fucking garbage <laughs> team. So, Great movie. It is a good movie. Me and you, though, flipped one and two for AL Manager of the Year. Yeah, that's fine. It's going to be Rick Renneria, my friend. I'm telling you. You know what? It really comes down to whether which – I don't think both of these teams make the playoffs. If the Angels make the playoffs, Joe Mountain wins. If the White Sox make the playoffs, Rick Renneria wins. It's as simple as that. I'm trying to look at the White Sox. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think it's going to be the Twins. Oh, see, yeah, it's not even good enough odds worth betting. It's plus 350 to win the Central. So even Vegas is kind of like – uh, Twins is minus 180, Indians plus 275, White Sox plus 350. Also, now that you're saying that, there's a 0% chance they're better than the Twins. No, I know. I'm saying I think the Twins are going to win, but I was saying if the odds were so high, 
you know what I mean? Like I would like a ten like ten to one odds, just throw twenty bucks on it, just like you know, in case the twins like get hurt or something, and the White Sox end up being even I mean, better. I don't think they're gonna win the Central, but that's that's fine. Yeah, Cause twins are gonna be fucking. The odds are the odds would have had to been like the Diamondbacks plus nine fifty for me to consider it. That's their odds in the NL West. I don't know. There's not really any good value bets of the teams that I like. I don't think the Cubs. I think the Cubs are actually favored. Another second favorites. Anyways, rookie of the year is up next time. National League. We're gonna start it off with our number three pick. I'll go first, Jason, because this one I had a lot of options for my third spot. I liked my one and two pick. My third one, there was a couple of guys. I went with this man strictly because of his last name. Okay. That is Carter Kaboom. Kaboom. Okay. Yeah. With the last name Kaboom, I mean. I don't care how it's pronounced. That's how I'm going to pronounce it the rest of your career. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the man just gets called up to the Nationals. They got a whole third base right now. Yeah. And they, he just goes kaboom a lot. We talked. I don't remember if you. I don't know if you remember. You remember me mentioning his name like last podcast or when we did the over unders. But I mentioned how they're putting him like they're giving him a chance to win the third base spot with Anthony Rendon leaving. I, I don't remember that, but I saw a lot of articles about it when I was doing some research for this. Yeah, he's got he's got some good minor league numbers. Uh, career two ninety. 283 hitter in the minor leagues you know he's got some power he's got some pop and i, I mean he was my uh, runner-up national league mvp or national league rookie of the year guess number two i picked him number two yes okay um i've just heard some good things about him and i feel like he is one of the few rookies who are going to get a starting job right away and yep. that's obviously going to help him so i think that's what gives and he's going to play on a good team so i think he's naturally going to He's going to get some, you know, good at bats behind Juan Soto or in front of Juan Soto, whatever. So I think he's going to have a decent year and he's going to finish second. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things people overlook is playing time. Yeah. I think if he can start the year off with the Nationals and get a full season worth of stats in, that gives a lot of love towards the rookie yeah. of the year votes. He was my number two. My number three is a man who I feel like has been a prospect for seven years. Um, I feel like every <laughs> single year it's like, oh my God, this guy is about to be a difference maker for this team. I don't know if you don't. You might not know him because he doesn't play in your division. His name is Brendan Rogers. Nope. He is the Maybe. he is the second base prospect for the Colorado Rockies. Um, he has been a top one hundred prospect since twenty sixteen. And you just stayed a prospect. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. He, last year was supposed to be, I think, like his debut and he got hurt, so he only ended up playing like twenty games, so he's still a rookie. Um he's I think he's slated to return like in May or something with his injury. Something. But are you good? Oh, he's sneezing. Um, Sorry, but the the Rockies are going to be terrible. Brandon Rogers might give him a shot in the arm, play second base. He's twenty, he's twenty three, so he's ready to debut. Um, like I said, he's been a top prospect for five years now, and I think it's just time. And I think he's going to finish second. He's going to get some boosted numbers from playing in Coors. I mean, shit, in thirty seven Triple A games last year, he hit freaking three fifty with a one point zero three five OPS. How that's old is he? Twenty three. I mean, that's how old uh, Trevor Story was when he debuted. Yeah, and he was the third third overall pick in the 2015 draft. And I know he's just someone who's always been highly touted. But he just hasn't gotten like that chance yet, I guess. Or like he was supposed to do last year and he got hurt. And this is his year. No, that could be to fun. finish second. That could be fun if he's good having him and Story up the middle for oh, Colorado. No, I have him finishing third. To finish third. Okay, and then you had uh, Mr. Kaboom. Yes. Second. Yes. So number two for me, Jay. This one is banking on the fact that he hopefully gets called up. Okay. Um, because there is a chance that he spends another year um, in the minors. Okay. This is a man. I have a. I think it's second hand. We're going to go second hand. Exper- I don't know. You've told me a lot about him, Mackenzie Gore. Oh, yeah. I've I, heard he's filthy. Everything I look at says he's filthy. 
I think he's a year away. He's young. That's what everything. I know he's really young, but it's the Padres, and they might suck dick. Yeah, it could happen. So, I mean, Bueller got rushed, I think. So, and so I think if he does get called up, I think he could put up really flashy numbers. Also, the rest of your division is hot garbage. So as long as he just pitches against the other teams, he's my favorite for twenty twenty one rookie of the year. And that's why I didn't put him as my number one, um, because this is just hoping that he gets called up. Yeah, man. He's granted it was single A and there's not the best hitters, but he was just filthy. And he did struggle a little bit when he went up to double A. He had like a four ERA in double A last year, but I mean he freaking one point zero two ERA in single A last year, hundred and ten strikeouts in seventy nine innings, like absolute filth. And he just has this massive leg kick and like this confidence on the mound where he just like just like the way he would pitch to guys, he was just like dominating him. And it reminds you of like that guy in Little League who just knew he was better than everyone else. Like that's, that's what he to was do like in watching. Pro ball. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where the Quakes, they honestly looked a little defeated when they were... I mean, both times I watched him, he had a no-hitter through, like, four innings, but then they pulled him because pitch count. And then he had, like, a no-hitter through, like, six innings, and then they just pulled him or something like that. The first game, the no-hitter through four innings, the Quakes actually took a lead because in the fourth inning, he walked a run, and he walked four straight batters with two oh, outs. fuck. <laughs> and that's when he uh, got pulled. That's uh, waiting for him to mature there. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely filthy. Um, my number one National League Rookie of the Year pick. Since you haven't said him yet, I'm assuming you picked him, too. It's Gavin Lux. Come on. It's my favorite Dodger. Probably my favorite Dodger of all time. He has only played like 20 games. <laughs> I did pick him, Jay. He's my number one pick. I think he's going to get plenty of playing time, like I was saying, back with Kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to get called up. He's going to be on one of the best teams in baseball. The best team in baseball. Uh, he They gave him number nine. He went from 48 to nine. When you get a single-digit number, you know you're there to stay. They don't give <laughs> single-digit numbers to people they're just going to send back down. That's fair. If he gets it up and he's number 67 or something, maybe you're going back. Yeah. Number nine? He's staying. They're not sending number nine back down. Come on. <laughs> no, I think uh, he's a stud. All of his numbers say he's a stud, and he's going to get called up and get a full season to show he's a stud. Shit, he already has a postseason home run under his belt. He That's might, pretty good. He might have more than Mike Trout. No, I think Mike Trout has one. He had a postseason home run his first at bat. Postseason at bat. Did Mike Trout do that? I don't think he did. Um, no, he struck out plenty. Who? Trout. Oh, so did Lux. Don't worry. <laughs> Angels sucked in that series. Uh, he didn't impress that much in his limited time with the big league club last year, but I saw this guy in Rancho two years ago, and he was way better last year than he even was in Rancho. And even with Rancho, I watched him. I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud. He's a mixture of Corey Seager and Max Muncy to me. He's got the gap to gap power of Corey Seager. He's got more speed, and then he has like the plate discipline of Max Muncy. He has like a really good uh, just feel for the zone and everything. I mean, shit, he hit 347 with an OPS over one in 113 minor league games last year. Yeah, dude's going to be a stud. I think, you know, spending spring training with the team and then getting straight into the majors. Yeah, he spent it last to, year too, yeah. Yeah, just being able to settle down, though, in the majors, he'll find his groove. He'll be fine. I feel like I'm he's excited. very much the favorite to win. I'm excited. They have him listed at 6'2". I feel like that's a generous 6'2", because I remember us being similar heights, and I'm... You know, people say I'm 5'11 and 3'4", but I'm six foot. Um, I think 6'2", unless he's grown two six inches. 6'2", with cleats on. Yes. On unless, concrete. Unless he's grown two inches since I saw him. I don't think he's 6'2", but... That's fine. That's neither here nor there. NL Rookie of the Year, though. Now we're, on, now we're on to AL. I'm glad we agree, Ty. <laughs> we're not going to agree on this. Um, I'm just going to say you're number one right away. Number three, I got Joe Adele. Okay. <laughs> and this is mainly a... I don't think he's going to get a full season of work. I've said it before. I think he's going to play more... Enough games to lose his rookie eligibility, but not enough to win the award. I think he maybe plays 80, 90 games, and I think there will be other guys who are good, and he'll finish third. He'll be good. He won't be like Jordan Alvarez insane, and yeah, he'll finish third. 
I mean, fuck it. We're here. He was my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I was obviously going to go with him. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I disagree. I think he's going to get called up <laughs> very early on. And I think he's going to put it, put up fucking great numbers because the dude's a stud. And he's going to help a team with a deep lineup. You got Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani. Just Every slot, four days. Slot Joe, Joe Dell in there somewhere. He's got an old man, Pujols, who ain't going to do nothing in the lineup, but he can mentor him. Is that my laptop? That is your laptop. What is making a noise? No clue. Sorry, listeners. I don't know if you heard that Samsung Galaxy ad. <laughs> that was baseball reference. Why is baseball reference doing an ad? That was kind of embarrassing. Goddamn baseball reference. Um, yeah, Joe Dells, he's all right. I've seen him in person a few times. <laughs> number three on my, uh, for me, though, Jay. Oh, he's your number three. Okay. No, Joe Dell is number one. Number three for me, this man plays in the Tampa Bay organization. And that is Brendan McKay. Have you heard of Mr. Brendan McKay, Jason? I've told you about him, Ty. I feel like you don't listen to me. I don't remember names very much. He's the two-way player on the Rays. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's my rookie of the year pick. For number one? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder if we have the same number two and we just our lists are literally just reversed. Maybe. Um, I got Brendan McKay number one, but you go ahead and tell the listeners. Brendan McKay, him. left-handed pitcher, also mm-hmm. DH. Yep. Shohei Otani maybe shouldn't have won his rookie year. Maybe. There's very much argument for a New York Yankee we aren't going to mention. <laughs> uh, but I think they're going to give some love to the two-way player if he can perform good. I think the Rays find a way to fucking win. I don't get it, but they always <laughs> find a way to win. I think he'll be good. He's my number three pick, but I think he could be a stud. Yeah, I I was on the Shohei shouldn't have won Rookie of the Year train. Um, Miguel Andujar is the player Tyler was mentioning. I thought he should have won. I disagree, um, but there is an argument to be made. Yeah, it's close. Um, but if they obviously love the two-way player in Shohei so much, I gave him Brandon, McK- Brandon McKay. It was just kind of like a FU vote. And I think, you know, if he stays healthy and he pitches a full season and then he also hits like 12 bombs or something, like yep. they're going to give it to him. If he pitches a full season, has an ERA under four, like a 3-8 even, and like I said, hits 12 home runs, they're they're going to give it to him. That's the thing with two-way players. You just have to be above average at each thing and you'll be fine. You don't have to be elite. You don't have to have like a two fucking ERA or anything like that, 30 bombs. Hit a couple of bombs, bat 280, have like a 380 ERA, rookie of the year. That's why he's my number one, Ty. That's Who's fine. your number two? Number two, Jason Luis Robert. No. We don't have the same number two. I don't even know who that is. Chicago White Sox prospect. Oh, I do know who he is, actually. He's an outfielder or second baseman, one of the two. Luis Robert. Yes. He's one of my... Outfielder. Oh, wait. Ty, are you think? I think you named the wrong person. Oh, Talk never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. He's been in the minor league since 2013. Holy shit. Who? Oh, that's because he played in a like a foreign, like a Cuban league or something. Never mind. This man is 22. Yeah. He played in the Cuban league when he was like 15. That's why I said since 2013. He had a OPS of over one in the minors last year. Yeah, he hit. Yeah. 122 games. And uh, yeah, 22. About to be 23, I believe. In August. So you're just also doubling down on the White Sox? Again. If he gets called up, I think this man could perform, and he seems like a fucking stud. He looks scary. Yeah, he does. He looks like a fucking monster. I didn't even think about him. Um, I know, I know who he is. Thirty-two home runs. Thirty-two home runs in the minors in one hundred and twenty-two games. I went with a man who I think he still has his rookie status. He's only thrown fourteen innings in the big league, so he does still have his rookie status. Yeah, he should be good. It's another Chicago White Sox tie. Do you oh, know okay. who it is? Nope. A man by the name. Okay, it was the main pitcher in the Chris Sale trade. Do you know who it is now? Chris Sale. Michael Kopech. Okay. The guy they traded for that throws like 100 miles an hour. He pitched in 2018, only had 14 innings. It was like a September call-up roll, whatever. 
Missed all of last year, I believe, for Tommy John. He should be set to return this year. I looked it up. I think he's he's good to go by opening day, if not like the first month of the, oh, excuse me, the f- first month <laughs> of the season. Um, I'm all in on the White Sox being a wagon. Right now, he's listed as their sixth starter. He's going to make his way into the rotation, and with that gas, he's going to have a great year. He's going to wow the people. He's going to finish second in Cy Young or second in Rookie of the Year, and he should be the deserving winner. But it's going to go to Brandon McKay, two way player. Kovach is going to be the better pitcher, but McKay is going to have a handful of home runs, and that's going to sway everyone's vote. That's my that's my take. After doing some research, I think you may be right on the White Sox take. Thanks, Ty. Because they have studs. I know. They got a lot of studs. Their <laughs> rosters, dude, their lineup's deep. I don't I think they're a year away. Their lineup is deep, dude. It's scary. <laughs> you know who isn't gonna be afraid of them, Jay? Who? The Angels? Cy Young winners. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll go NL Cy Young. Top three. This one I don't know, we'll discuss. Jason, give me your number three NL Cy Young pick. Number three, I've had some success with this guy. You know, I successfully picked him to win the Cy Young last year. Hmm. And this year, I think he's going to finish again a finalist. But I think this year, he's he's going to fall off a little bit. Because last year, he should not have won the Cy Young. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He was good all year. He wasn't Cy No one talked about Jacob deGrom. It's Jacob deGrom. No one talked about Jacob deGrom winning the Cy Young until like two weeks left in the season. And that's because he had an ERA. Okay, he was good. He had a two six six entering the last month. Like a, but he, he was good all year. He just wasn't blowing people away to start the season. Yeah, it was Ryu all year, and then he had Ryu had a bad end. Degrom had a good finish where his last three starts. He had twenty one scoreless innings to finish his his twenty nineteen. Um, so I think he's going to finish finalist. I think again he's going to be kind of like he was last year, and I think he'll finish with a little bit higher ERA, maybe like a two seven, and he'll get third. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He was my number one pick. Oh, Jacob Degrom back to back to back. Dude's a fucking monster. He's good. I don't think he should have won last year. I was looking so. at the other options. I think if Degrom has a regular Degrom year, I think he wins it. I have a really my number one. I'm I love I'm loving my number one tie. Who's your number three? My number three, already... St. Louis Cardinals. Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. God. I was looking at him. Hold on one second here. Tell me about Jack Flaherty. God. Ty. Jack... He's good at MLB The Show. I know that. Flair. Flaherty. God. He's so good on MLB The I've Show. Never heard that. Is he? Is he a fucking stud? Yeah, that's my nickname I came up with. Jack Flair God. Man put up a 2.75 ERA last year. A whip under one. Had a six war. And he's going into his 25-year-old season? He's going to be 25 this year? Yeah. He's going to be fucking Oh, monster. he turns 25 in October, but so 24. <laughs> oh, so he is still 24. Yeah. Finished fourth in Cy Young. I don't know if you mentioned that. Got an MVP vote. Yeah. Man was 13th in MVP, which whatever. Cy Young used fourth. He put up a whip under one. He's going to be a monster. And it, 23 years old, and he yeah. already had an ERA under three. Easily under three. Yeah. Um. Speaking of MVP votes, I was looking at that the other day. Kevin Pillar got an MVP vote. Colton Wong got two. I was very surprised by that. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> I don't know who gave <laughs> Kevin Pillar an MVP vote, but I feel like you should be fired. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, literally a .73 OPS. Yeah, he was good. What? He was he was fine. He's a really good fielder. Hit twenty home runs. Yeah, good fielder, but he put up a WAR of point one four, and you are calling him. You're voting one point four. Yes, one point four. Yeah, that he's an MVP worthy player. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, what? <laughs> okay, I'm, okay. Um, Jack Flaherty got all right. That's a good pick for number three. I like it. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's maturing, and he's already shown that he can be a top of the rotation arm. Yeah, and uh, it's just going to get better. My number two is Walker Bueller. Mm. 
Interesting. Um, I think, honestly, maybe a little hometown bias there. Yeah, I didn't have Bueller in originally. I think originally I had my number one. I think I had DeGrom number two. And I think I had, no, I had my number one. I think I had a different number two. And then, so my number one, DeGrom three, a different number two. And I was like, I'm going to throw Bueller in there. And instead of just moving my two to three, I just took my two out. I don't even remember who it was. Okay. Um, Walker Bueller, when he's on, he's on. He's elite. We've seen it. We saw it last year in the playoffs. For sure. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better. And he's going to be in all in Cy Young finalists this year. A lot of strikeouts. He's going to play on the best team. And it's just he's going to work out for him. Yeah. Last year he finished, I want to say, ninth. ninth. Yes. Uh this year he's going to finish second because he was also my number two pick. Oh, okay. Walker Bueller number two. I like that, Ty. I think I think the man's a stud. I think he's maturing. And all the same stuff I said about Flaherty, just with a better offense and a better supporting cast around him. Yeah. I think yeah. Walker Bueller's going to be a fucking beast. Yeah, my number one, Ty, is Jack Flaherty. Oh, man's a beast. I've man's been, a fucking monster. <laughs> since the dawn of time, Tyler. Now, since I've been thinking about these awards, which I've been thinking about for a few weeks, the literally the first name for the first award I thought of was Jack Flaherty for Cy Young. It's just the perfect narrative. You got Scherzer going down. Yeah, no no love for Scherzer from either of us. You got DeGrom not should have won the award last year. <laughs> you got Strasburg, who I think is overrated. Kershaw's going down. Jack Flaherty's on his way up. He just finished fourth in Cy Young. You look at the people who finished ahead of him. You got DeGrom. You have Ryu, who's gone in the league. And you got Scherzer, who's going to fall off. Yeah. Um, I just, I really like, he finished the year just absolutely dominant. Um, it was insane, like, how he finished the year. And he's just going to, he's going to play on a Cardinals team who's going to get a lot of eyeballs. They always have good pitchers that seemingly come out of nowhere. And that's just, you know, it's going to be a good, a good year for Jack Flaherty. I really think it is. I think it's going to be a better year than Walker Buehler. That's fair. Walker Buehler's going to have, like, one or two blow-up blow starts, and that's what's going to make the difference. I think Flaherty will be more consistent. Well, Buehler just has, like, these blow-up starts, and he'll just have, like, one throughout the year or two that'll just sway the numbers enough. Jack Flaherty, from August 1st to September 29th, Tyler, in 82 innings, he made 12 starts, 0.77 ERA. Lights out. 1.131 batting average. I don't know why I said point. 131 batting average. 392 OPS. Lights out. 12 starts. He did that. OPS under four. Yeah. That's ridiculous. He's yeah. a fucking monster. <laughs> no, I've, I'm sitting high on Flair to two. I mean, I was, I've been, I want to throw money on it. I don't know what the Cy Young odds are, but I want to throw money on it. I don't hate that because you figure you move Ryu right now. He would have been a top three this year and he's 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't hate it one bit. I went with the proven DeGrom. I went with the up-and-coming Walker Bueller, but Jack Flaherty's right there with me. I could have flipped. I could have flipped Bueller and uh, yeah. Flaherty easily. Uh, so he has 7-1 to one odds. He has the fourth highest odds this year behind DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bueller. That ain't bad, though. I think he's easily going to be better than Scherzer. I think Scherzer's going down. 7-1, to one, that might be worth. I don't know where I could bet. Oh, Bovada. I don't know. That might be worth sprinkling some money on. We'll see. Yeah. I don't hate it. On to the American League. American League Cy Young tie. You got Julio Teheran, number one. <sighs> Actually, number three. Are you serious? Fuck no. <laughs> oh, my God. I was about to be like, okay, you're getting a little too hometown biasy on me. <laughs> no, 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 Jason. This man, uh, let me see. Did he get any love last year? He didn't get any love last year. I'm going with the Cleveland Indian, Mr. Mike Clevenger. 
Okay, Mike Clevenger, um, I think he's hurt right now. Like, just got hurt. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, I think he's okay, though, maybe. Like, it's just a minor injury. But I think he's he underwent surgery to repair uh, partially something, something. Mike Clevenger underwent surgery to repair a partial meniscus tear in his left knee. Ugh. I was unaware of this, Jay. Yeah, I don't know when he uh, he's expected to need six to eight weeks to return March 27th, which is the day after opening day. Oh, so you should be fine. Oh, I'll stick with it because I hate <laughs> all the other AL options. I'll be honest with you. I didn't like yeah. damn near anyone. Yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, I'm, I think I told you this a year ago when I did the whole like players the Angels used to have. Did you guys, you know, you had guys had Mike Clevenger. Yep. And you traded him for like, yep. <laughs> Somewhere. I just love my franchise so much. Um, I Yeah, I like the Clevenger pick. I thought about it afterwards, and I could see him being top three. I went with a different Cleveland Indian in my top three. That's easy. Not my number three, though. Um, my number three was an interesting one. Lance McCullers. Hmm. Um, I don't really know why I'm high on Lance McCullers. But I don't I've, either. I've always <laughs> been high on him. I don't know why. It's just like I see him pitch, and I'm like, that guy has a filthy curveball, so it tricks my brain into thinking he's like this elite pitcher. <laughs> he had Tommy John. He's young. Okay, oh, no, this is a Lance McCuller that played in, this, in like, the 80s. So I was like, he's not 55 <laughs> years old. He's on the same thing. It's an old-ass fucking picture. I think that's his dad because he's Lance McCuller's junior, so I'm assuming that's his dad. Would um, make sense. He is 26, okay, prime age to make a breakout year. He has good numbers. His first two years, yeah, limited, you know, span, 3.22 ERA both years. Was an all-star in 2017. I'm pretty sure he had a bad second half because he finished with a 4.25 ERA. 2018, 3.86 ERA. Didn't pitch last year. Garrett Cole's gone. Justin Verlander's going to take a step back, I think, a step down. I think Zach Greinke's not that great, and I think Lance McCullers is going to emerge as their best pitcher because, like I said, pitchers in Houston always tend to get better than they really are, just magically get more spin rate and everything, and I think he's going to – He's been in Houston his whole career, though. Well, yeah, but he's – you know what I mean? He's just – because he's going to be better (laughs) than he really is is my point. Okay. And he's going to finish third in the Cy Young, and it's going to make everyone mad because it's like we thought we were done with this. Um. He's never pitched more than 130 innings. Yeah, that's definitely a concern. And he's coming off an injury. Definitely a concern, yes. So, I, okay, as your number three, that's fair. He's I don't think he's going to sh- win. He's a long shot pick. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't know why I've been high on Lance McCullers, but I just have always have been. Yeah, it's not your it's not your Aaron Sanchez last year. I don't want to hear it, okay? That was, <laughs> that was an absurd pick. <laughs> like I said, like I said, my Cy Young pick last year got the same amount of Cy Young votes as your Cy Young pick. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Whatever, man. Number two for me, Jay. A man who knows something about finishing second in American League Cy Young. Oh, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, number dose. I hate everyone in the American League in terms of pitching. And we've talked about we think Garrett Cole is going to take a step back in New York. I definitely think he's going to take a step back. Hitter-friendly ballpark, you know, not getting magical more spin rate. Again, I hate well, Charlie Morton. Uh, I'll leave off this guy. Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolato. Leave off with what guy? A Cleveland Indian. Eduardo Rodriguez and Mike Uh-oh. Miner were the guys who got Cy Young picks besides Justin Verlander. Yeah. None of those sound like aces. <laughs> Just going off the name test. Yeah. I don't want any of those guys at the front end of my rotation. <laughs> no, you want any. I will take any one of them <laughs> at the front end of my rotation. <laughs> um, I just feel like there's not a lot of options in the American League. And maybe there's a breakout star who does great this year. Um, but Garrett Cole probably should have won this past oh, season. Oh, yeah. I was looking at the numbers. I don't know how he didn't win. I don't either. He was absolutely better. But he's my number two pick. 
Yeah, oh, that's fair. Um, new team. So I think he'll get even more love if he succeeds. And Yankees. Everyone fucking media. Blow the Yankees. My number two pick is someone who had a great outing at the All-Star game last year. And it's a team that, like the... I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Like the Houston Astros, I guess? Or no, like the Cardinals. They always seem to get good pitchers out of nowhere. It's a it's a Cleveland Indian. Angels? It's, it's Shane Bieber. Mm. Justin Bieber, Shane Bieber. He's an all-star last year. Finished the year with a 3-2 ADRA. Had a good whip, 1.054. Um, I don't really know much about him. I'm going to be completely honest. I just know he had like a shutdown inning in the all-star game. He was actually all-star game MVP. Didn't know that. Um, and I'm just... I don't know. He's going to finish as a finalist because Kluber's gone, so they need a new ace. Uh, I don't know why I'm kind of low on Cle- like I'm not low on Clevenger, but I feel like if I had to pick one of the two, I would pick Bieber, and I don't honestly have a reason why. And that's poor research on me, but I pick him. I will say that's a good problem to have if you're the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, but they'll trade him in like a year because they can't afford to offer him a new contract. <laughs> so yeah, probably, but hopefully they get a good return. Yeah, that was your number two. Yeah. All right, so we're on to number one. Last year, you gave me a lot of shit for my number one pick, Jay. Chris Sale? Chris Sale. I didn't give you a lot of shit. I gave you a lot of shit after he started sucking. Yes, you did. <laughs> I said last year was his year, and turns out it wasn't his year. Are you fucking picking Chris Sale again? I'm picking Chris Sale is my number one pick. Oh, my God. The man's born. He's bound to have win a Cy Young eventually. His team is getting worse around him, so it's going to go into teams aren't really going to try against the Red Sox this year. He is uh, opening the year on the injured list because he's sick. That's fine. He's got pneumonia. He'll be all right. He'll get over it. He'll be okay. He threw only 147 innings last year, so he didn't have time to settle in to his normal rotation. Chris Sale's my number one pick, and I stand by it. I hate everyone in the American League, so it was like, why would I choose someone I'm not feeling good about when I could just go with Chris Sale? Chris Sale is always going to be the guy who just always comes up short to me. I really think so. I don't. I feel like he's never going to win a Cy Young, ever. See, so finished from 2012. He's to on the 20, wrong side of 30. 2012 to 2013 or 2018, he finished sixth, fifth, third, fourth, fifth, second, and fourth. In yeah, Cy Young, he's just—he <laughs> just strikes me as someone who's never gonna like. There's always gonna be someone better than him. You know what though? I'm fine with him being a finalist. I honestly didn't even think about him. I didn't. That's because last year he stepped back. But you know, he had all those top six Cy Young finishes. He said, "You know what? Let me take a year off. Let me come back stronger than ever." Win a Cy Young. Uh, all right. I think if DeGrom can win it on a garbage Mets team, Chris Sale can win it on a garbage no, Mets team. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't – not so much the team. I mean, if there's two pitchers who have similar uh, production in the playoff team, I think the MVP more has to do with that playoff argument, but I think someone would have to be better than him. Yeah. I think if two people are the same, they're not going to pick the playoff guy just because it's a playoff guy. Well, maybe if they're the same. I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Yep. I don't know. Something about Chris Sale. I think he's filthy when he's on, but I think he's not on a lot, and – I don't know. I, I don't sh- love the pick, Ty. I don't. That's this year fine. I'll give you shit for it. I know you were. I was, <laughs> I was completely prepared for it. I could see him as a finalist, but again, I don't think he's ever going to win it. I think he's going to be a... This was this was me standing strong on my pick last year and <laughs> doubling down. Well, then I got Aaron Sanchez. <laughs> who's, in your number, who's your number one? Garrett Cole, man. Oh, you didn't say Cole yet. It's Garrett Cole, and I hate it. And this is... I told you I had a stat, like one little stat thing, and this is my Garrett Cole stat. It's not even a stat. Because I said I think he's going to regress on the Yankees, and I really think he he will. But I went and looked at the Yankee schedule, Ty. And I went and counted every fifth start. Well, every like place that <laughs> Garrett Cole's spot in the rotation he's should come get, up. He's going to get a flu opening day and just fuck up your entire thing. Uh, yeah, I know it's not perfect. Like, it's going to move around. It's not going to stay like this. But if it's within a few, like, it's going to be mostly the same teams. Um, yep. 
And the teams he's playing are not great. I mean, the teams in his division are not great. Let me read you Garrett Cole's all 34 of his starts scheduled before 2020. <laughs> Let's hear it, Jay. Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Oakland, Cincinnati, Detroit, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Houston, Seattle, Minnesota, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Boston, Minnesota, Baltimore, Baltimore, Mets, Cardinals, Angels, Mets, Boston, A's, Royals, Rays, I don't know why I changed from city to team name, Toronto, Cleveland, Baltimore, Boston, Tampa Bay, Houston, Tampa Bay. 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 3, I think it's 14, I think it just counted wrong, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, no, 13. 13 of his 34 starts right now are against teams who finished bottom 10 and run scored last year. Yeah. And that's not counting the Boston Red Sox, who are going to get worse. That's not counting the St. Louis Cardinals, who finished 11th, like, least run scored. The Angels, which who knows? I'm not going to say anything mean about your team. Our offense uh, was perfectly fine last year and will be better this year. Oakland could be worse. Like, he, I don't know. He's got, like, two. He's got a few. If he, if he does what he's supposed to do in all those bad teams he plays and then is just good against the good team, like, half of his good teams, he's going to have, like, a 2-6 ERA and he's going to win. Yeah. It's going to be Garrett Cole. I don't disagree. He probably would have been my number one pick if I wasn't saying strong on Chris Sale. <laughs> Again, I don't think there's very many aces and dominant pitchers in the American League. There isn't. It's an issue. Does it make you feel better that the no. Angels no, it doesn't. don't have any? Because that just means if we got like one or two, we'd be great. <laughs> Everyone would be fucking threatened by us in the American League. Like you said how you want the Saints just to be a defensive heavy team in your next chapter. <laughs> Should the Angels just punt and just have like trout and a bunch of triple a players and then just try to bring in all pitching and they that they can no why after trout i'm all for it oh. trout is like my drew Brees. stay what you're doing right now that's <laughs> fine once he's gone then you transition and yeah i'm fine if the angels average 2.5 runs a game we just have everyone has like two era on our team shit i mean that's what the dodgers do they got nine starting pitchers that is not what the Dodgers do. You guys have one of the best offenses in baseball. But if you look at all of our teams throughout the years, the one consistent thing has always been we've had great pitching. Okay, but it's not like you've just given up on offense for pitching. <laughs> well, we started we started with the you pitching, and we worked roster. from there. <laughs> Andrew Friedman, man. I freaking don't know how people don't like him. I had something to say about the Angels. I guess I'll hold off on it. I don't even remember what it was. Well, we'll talk about the Angels again here soon. <laughs> uh, we'll start off NL MVP, Jason. I hate this. I couldn't pick people. I, uh, let me look. I don't, we'll get to it. My number three is my new favorite player for at least one year. Could be potentially 10 to 15 years. Oh. Just a favorite for one year and one year only. That's Mookie Betts, my number three. <laughs> okay. I'm all in on Mookie, dude. All in on him. Like, I just, I love that the Dodgers traded for him, and I know he's probably going to be on our team for one year, but I'm going to enjoy it for that one year. And I'm not going to be like, oh, what if he doesn't come back? He's going to be great. He's going to finish as a National League's MVP finalist. He's not going to win. And I'm going to say, spoiler alert, he's going to be the best Dodger because I do not have Cody Bellinger as an MVP finalist. So last year, Mookie Betts kind of got buried in the American League in terms of war. Uh, he finished eighth in MVP. Yeah. He had a 6.8 war in the American League. If that was the same thing in the National League, it would have been good for fourth. And that was a down year. Yeah. Um, he's good. He was kind of forgotten about last year. I think he'll be directly in the spotlight on the Dodgers this year. Bro, just think about this. He hit 346 
two years ago. 346 with a 640 slugging. Like, imagine if the Dodgers have a guy who hits 30 home runs, brings in 70 RBIs, whatever, and get, you know, his on-base percentage is fucking over 400. Like, we had Jock Peterson. His on-base percentage two years ago, even last year in his down year, was 391. Two years ago, it was 438. A guy with 438 on the top of the order with Max Muncy, Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger right behind him, and then Corey Seager. He could be very productive in that lineup. And then Jock Peterson against righties and A.J. Pollock against lefties. Oh, man. Now, he has spent his entire career in the American League, so it's going to be a lot of different pitchers. Yeah. Which there is an issue switching leagues sometimes. Yeah. Um, And he just had a down year. Yeah. So I wouldn't consider it a lock, but I don't hate the pick. I I, I don't think it's a lock either. If everything goes right, I think he could cruise to an MVP finalist. That was mostly me just being very excited about the Dodgers yet again. That's fine. (laughs) I'm so excited, dude. I don't hate it. I've watched every single spring training game. Not all of them, but at least like a few innings because I'm just so excited. I don't hate it, Jay. How many spring training games do you watch? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three for me. This man, I was kind of uh, not feeling good about his team. Okay. But I think he is the ripe age of 23. Wow. Youngin. Check that. 22. Youngin. Wow. Who the hell is this? Ronald Acuna. Jr. Oh, my God. You said his name right. I thought it was Asunia. No, it's... I was, I was intentionally saying Acuna because I thought it was wrong. <laughs> no, it's I've learned I've I've, I've reversed fucking psychology. You myself. say Asunia, and I tell you it's wrong. Whatever, <laughs> I've turned a new leaf. Ronald Acuna Jr. You don't feel good about the Braves? I thought you locked him as one of your overs. Did you not lock him as one of your overs? No, I guess not. No, I, had I locked the, him. I had the fucking Phillies win in the East. Oh, I locked him as one of my overs. Yeah, I didn't. I locked the Phillies and the Braves. That might not work out. Ronald Acuna well. Jr. He's young. He hit 41 home runs, stole 37 bases last year. Almost 40-40 club that Matt Kemp should have been in. As a 21-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Dude has the potential to just be a fucking monster and have one hell of a career. And I think he's just, you know, he's matured a little bit. He said he's going for 50-50 this year. Jeez. Which is just a bold statement to say. There's no way it's going to happen. But he's a fucking stud, and I could easily see him improving little things, getting his on-base percentage up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, being a great player. Yeah, he's my uh, MVP runner-up, so I'm also on the Ronald Asunia train. I like it. He's very good. He's very, very good. You already said you're number three? Yeah, number three bets, number two Asunia. All right, number two for me, throwing it back to last year, Nolan Arnato. Oh, okay. I He had a great season last year. It's just Yelich and Bellinger and Rendon all had good fucking seasons too. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. He just seems like a consistent fucking MVP finalist for me every single year. He's Chris Sale, just MVP finalist, but he'll never win. Probably. <laughs> but, I mean, he has gold to platinum glove level defense over there at third base. Yeah. Crushes the fucking baseball. Yeah. He's an absolute all-around player. And he's one of those things where, like, he's good at everything. He just needs other people to stop having amazing years so he can finally win an MVP. I think the fact that he plays in Colorado also hurts him just because the narrative around that. For sure. No, it for sure does, but I think his defense makes up for the narrative kind of shitting on his offense. Not with the voters, though. I don't think eh, so. I mean, he finished sixth last year in MVP voting. Should he have finished sixth? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I know Acuna finished ahead of him. Um, I don't know. Cattell Marte. Uh, see, I don't know about that. I mean, Cattell Marte did, had a damn good year, though. He really did. And then, yeah. Acuna, Rendon, Yelich, Bellinger. It's stacked. And that's why I think Bellinger, I don't have him in my top three. I think he's going to be in the mix. Um, I just think, so Bellinger had an in, he had a really good year last year that was fueled by like a historic first month of the season. 
and I'm not saying like, oh, the second half he was bad or anything, but he, he came down to earth more. So I think we'll see more of that coming down to earth, you know, and he, he'll have hot stretches. But out of Cody Bellinger next year, you know, like if he hits 280 or this year, 280 with 40 home runs instead of 47 and 100 RBIs instead of 115, like he'll probably finish like fourth or fifth. And that's fine. And that's a good year still. Like there's nothing wrong with that year, you know? Yeah. So that's my Cody Bellinger take. Okay. Uh, my number one is Christian Yelich. Okay. Um, you think he finishes top two, three years in a row? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't hop off the Yelich train. Um, he would have won last year if he played 150 plus games. I'm gonna say it. I'll say it. I'm sorry. I had a better batting average than Bellinger. Better, way better OPS. A 1.1 OPS. That's insane, Tyler. Absolutely ridiculous. His on base is insane. His slugging is insane. He can steal bases. I don't know if Trout still 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 steals bases. Um, not as much. I'm gonna he like, does. I mean, he's still a threat, but it's not his main thing. He's too busy trotting around the base paths. Well, I mean, I'm going to be careful how I say this and what I say. Because Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. But if we just look at their last two seasons, and not the, the whole eight-year run, could you say over the last two seasons that Christian Yelich has been better than Mike Trout? Uh, offensively, maybe. I think all-around player. I don't think Trout has good defense metrics. He probably has better than Yelich. I think he has really good, good base path, though. But Yelich had 30 not, not stolen just bases. Stealing, but like the advanced, like advancing on balls in the gap and shit like that. As, as far as advanced analytics. I, I, when looking at the numbers, man, and just I, I feel like it's arguable. Right now, Yelich was on a fucking insane run the past two years. I don't see like Trout had a point one oh eight point one oh eight OPS the past two years as well, though. Well, okay, yeah, Trout. I'm not Tyler. No, I'm just saying they're both insane. I think it's a coin toss. I think he's been on the level of Mike Trout the past two years. Absolutely. If Christian Yelich has another year like this and Trout takes a small step back, will Christian Yelich be the new? No. I don't know, man. Jason, let me read off. Never mind. We'll get to it later. I'm not saying Mike, Trout, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, Tyler. <laughs> There's nothing I could say against it. He's insane. He's insane. But Christian yes. Yelich, looking at his numbers, I didn't realize how good he was as well. Yes. And he's my MVP pick. All right. Uh, I decided to mix some things up in the NL. Okay. All top three finalists from last year, one of them left. I didn't include this year. Okay. My pick is a man who has won an MVP before. Uh, absolutely took a step back last year. But Jason, he's young. He's going into his age 27 season. Hold on. Let me try to think who you're talking about. Who are you talking about? He has about? shown the potential to be as good as Mike oh, Trout. I as good. Really? Wow. Christian Yelich. And I'm real high on the Phillies. Wow. I got Bryce Harper as my MVP pick. That's surprising. I think he had his first year in Philly, and he took a step back. Jason, he's 27. He's going into yeah. his prime years. Dude put up a 1.1 OPS when he was 22. Yeah. If you think Bryce Harper is done, you're insane. No, he's not done. Not at all. I just feel like he kind of is who he is right now. I think there is a chance Personally. of that. And he's still a great player. But I also think there's a chance that he could just fucking turn it on. I mean, he had 114 RBIs last year. He still did good last year. He was slept on last year. Yeah. Everyone undervalued. I mean, he's not worth his fucking contract. Don't get me wrong. As terms of what he did last year. Maybe he is, mate, because maybe, like you said, he's only 27. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe he goes like, on a six-year run. But he's going into his age 27 season. The man has shown potential to be a fucking absolute stud. He switched teams, you know, a whole new environment and everything on a team that, as you know, as a group, underperformed. Yeah. I think he gets... Um, He's younger than Christian Yelich. That's crazy. Yeah. That's why I'm like, Joe Girardi's coming in as manager. 
I think that team's going to switch some shit. I think Joe Girardi absolutely can help out Bryce Harper. I think he can just go on a fucking tear. I'm real high on Bryce Harper this year. See, my thing with Bryce Harper is I've been so high on him on the past because of that 2015 season. And, like, I was always, like, the guy that was like, well, Harper's younger than Trout. Just wait till Harper hits that ceiling. He has a higher ceiling than Trout. He has a higher ceiling than Trout. When it's all said and done, he'll be better than Trout. And I just I hung on for that for so long, and I eventually just gave up because I was like, it's not going to happen. So I guess I've just, in my mind, I, I, I personally so overrated Bryce Harper that now I probably underrate him. And I, I say people do that all the time, and I'm doing it right now. That's fair. He could absolutely have an MVP season, though. I'm not. But it's one he of those things. He could also absolutely put up an 800 OPS and just be good. It's one of those things where when it happens, like, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I don't think it can't happen. But until it happens, I'm not going to pick for it to happen. My thing the Dodgers is, winning the World Series. He switched teams. Obviously, there's going to be some transitional shit there. Yeah. He's going to be settled in second year with the Phillies. Second year with that giant contract. Yeah. New manager. I just think he has the potential, and I think the Phillies as a team are going to do better. And if the Phillies as a team are doing better around him, if you know if Rice Hoskins has a good season, mm-hmm. Reese Hoskins, oh, Reese, fuck. yeah, you're good, has a good season, and he has more protection around him. DD helping him out. McCutcheon's back. I don't really know how much that helped is though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think I don't know. Um. I put him as my number one, mostly as like a, I'm throwing this fucking out there. Yeah, I got you. It's no, a gamble pick, but I think it absolutely could hit. Yeah, I could see time. him being a finalist. Um, and I wanted to switch it up. Well, I got one of that in the American League. Oh, I like it. My number three. Let's hear it. Shohei Otani. Just say it. Which kind of hurts because I think he's hurt right now. After I made this, but I didn't change it. Giancarlo Stanton. He is hurt. He's got a calf strain. That shouldn't take him out. Too long. I think it's a grade one. It's minor calf strain. All the Yankee fans are flipping out like they usually do, though. I I feel bad for Giancarlo Stanton, man. I, I do, too. Talk about him. Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, shit, he's two years removed. I wanted him desperately as a Dodger. I really did. Um, I mean, two years removed from hitting 59 bombs, 132 RBIs, 1.007 OPS, 631 slugging. He was the MVP. He finished as an... Okay, get this, Ty. Here. Get this. 20... 14, he was second in MVP, had a great year, 75 home runs, 105 RBIs. I don't know who he finished second to that year, but he finished second. Three years goes by, ding, 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 2017, finishes as, a fi- as, finishes as the MVP, you know, gets hurt, whatever, next two years. Three years later, ding, 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 2020, he's going to be an MVP finalist again. This time he's going to finish third. He's good for an MVP caliber season every three years. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that till right now. <laughs> I think he's right there kind of with my Harper pick where if the guy's healthy and he's on, no one is going to be better than him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm Except Mike Trout. Yeah, but not at the plate. <laughs> I think Mike Trout's a better overall player. But if Giancarlo stands hot, the ball's going 500 fucking feet every single game. <laughs> I mean, how do you stop a guy who can hit 59 home runs effortlessly? Yeah. Um, he's had health problems. Um, yeah. He hasn't got to fully. I mean, 2018, he had a full season in New York and kind of underperformed. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. He's a stud. I don't hate that pick. Thank you, Ty. I don't hate it. I, I, was, I wanted a cheeky third pick for my American League, so that's who I went with. I feel bad for him, though. Yankee fans fucking hate him, him so you know much. much money he's making? Yankee fans hate him so much. All he has to do is hit, like, one huge postseason home run. Fuck. And that's... The Yankee fans are just assholes. Yeah, honestly. I think that's the moral of the story. I mean... I, I the Yankee game I went to I told the story when the guy was just you know they're kicking the Rockies ass and the guy, drunk guy just kept chanting we're coming for you Houston 
There's not a single Houston Astro fan in the ballpark. Sounds about right. And they lost to the Astros in the ALCS. Wonder how they're going to treat Garrett Cole. I know they're all loving Garrett Cole, but well, I heard there's like tension because like you know Garrett Cole's coming from the Astros, and yeah. it's kind of like oh they didn't cheat while I was there, and you know it's like yes they fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't there in 2017, no, I know. so yeah. But but come on, what's your number three? <laughs> My number three, Jason. <clears throat> I was going to do something funny. Okay. Chose not to do that. I was going to have three from the same team. Oh, my God. I didn't do that. My number three pick is a man who finished number three in the NL MVP voting. That's Anthony Rendon. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to do that. I was going to do Otani Rendon and an oh, alleged on. number one. Uh, Otani would have been my long shot. <laughs> I didn't do it. I did Rendon. Uh, Anthony Rendon, absolute fucking stud. Finished third in NL, or NL MVP last year. Yeah. Um, great defense, great offense. It helps when you have the best player on the planet on your team, and I think it's going to help him. I guess I just assume that Rendon's going to take a step back this year. And he probably an will because, yeah, he's going to the Angels. <laughs> However, if he doesn't, dude's a fucking stud. And I can easily <laughs> see him finishing third. And I'd, I'd give Rendon a little bit of love. I don't know. I see Rendon being good, but not, like, eighth in MVP or something. Also, I feel like his advanced stats, I don't know how this would help at all, but him and Simmons on that left side in the infield, it's going to be a lockdown infield. Yeah. I don't think MVP voting that's going to like sway a lot of people. Advanced stats. Advanced stats it will. Great defense. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Hitting bombs at Angel Stadium. That'll help. I don't know why, but I never really bought in. Even when he was like, I'm not just saying this now because he was an Angel. Like, even when he was on the Nationals, I don't know if it's just like his face. But like, I'm not scared of Anthony Rendon, but maybe I should have been. He fucking hit a massive home run off Kershaw. But, yes, he did. Um, Out of the dirt, too. It was a great pitch by Kershaw. Yeah, it wasn't even a bad pitch. Um, the <laughs> Soto one was just right down the pipe. Yes, but, it was. If he can keep, you know, keep his strikeout percentage low and keep his walk percentage high, which is what he's done his whole career, then he should be fine. He's my third pick. Nothing nothing like a lock. He's my long shot. Eh, yeah, that's fine. I don't know. I just expect but him to regress because he's an angel. I just really. wanna <laughs> I just wanna remind you, uh Marcus Simeon finished third last year. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take what you know, take that with what you will. Well, I got a shortstop with number two. Shortstop number two. Who's a good shortstop? Francisco Lindor. Yeah, he's a pretty good shortstop. Um, I don't know if he's finished as a finalist. I think he's been right there a few times. Um, the Indians, who knows how they're going to be, but eventually, whether it's this year or next year, Lindor is going to get traded. Uh, he knows he's playing for his extension at this point, and I think this is really – he's been great so far in his career, and I think this is the start of his prime where he's hitting 300 and he's hitting, you know – he's shown his – back when he hit 300 his rookie year – well, his rookie year, he played 99 games. So his second year, he had 300, didn't have the power. He's figured the power out since then. The batting average has gone down a little bit. He's trickled up the last three years. It's going to keep trickling up. I think I see a 300 hitter, maybe a little bit less power, maybe let's say like 27 bombs. He's going to have an OPS in the nines, and I think he's going to be the MVP runner-up. Now, you say OPS in the nines. He's never had an OPS in the nines. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Because I'm expecting him to hit around the same amount of home runs so the slugging stays high, but then the on-base is going to rise. Which is fair. I'm not – I don't know. I feel like everyone overvalues the fuck out of Francisco Lindor. <laughs> and I think he absolutely could take a step forward and be great. But I've always been low on Francisco Lindor. That's fine. He's 26. Um, he is He is young, and he could absolutely, you know, be better and improve. So, I, I don't hate it. Kind of looks like the Joker, I feel like. I feel like he could play the Joker. Just his smile. Look at his smile on Baseball Reference. I just left it. So, uh, he's got a great smile, though. <laughs> I know he's known for having a great smile. He's my number two. My number two, Jason. I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert here. 
Yeah. All three of my picks came from the American League West. Alex Bregman? Now, last year, all three picks were from the American League West. So some are saying division of champions <laughs> and cheaters, but. <laughs> okay. Um, this man had a teammate who finished as an MVP finalist last year. George Springer? No. No, fuck the Astros. Why would, why would you're I? You're picking a, oh, Matt Chapman. That's who you're picking. Matt Chapman. Yeah. He's solid. I like Matt Chapman. He's going into his age 27 season. I considered him. I believe he has two platinum gloves. Lindor has a platinum glove. The dude's fucking lights out uh, fielding. I feel like his hitting's not good enough. Now, his hitting has been the issue, but. He still, I mean, he still hit 36 home runs, 91 RBIs <coughs> last year. But just like his batting average and his on-base percentage is low. Yeah, his his power's been going up year by year. And I think uh, if he can keep that elite level defense to where he's an elite defender at third base and a 40 home run hitter, which 36 last year. Yeah. I think he just needs to bring his average up a little bit and need uh, my first place person to die. And uh, he could win. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think an elite defender, it's kind of like he's literally the American League version of Nolan Arenado for me. That's what he is. Just with worst batting average. Not just for you, just in general. Yeah. If Nolan Arenado played, if they switched teams, Matt Chapman would probably have the offensive numbers that Nolan Arenado has. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and again, going into his age twenty seven season, I think he can per- he can perform better offensively and stay elite as a third baseman. And I'm just saying, man, Athletics have had an MVP third baseman before recently. Yeah, not on their team. He won it somewhere else. <laughs> but I think Matt Chapman hangs out and wins it. My number one tie. Talk about a dynamic <clears throat> duo. A long time alongside John Carlos Stanton. I'm going with Aaron Judge. That's fine. That's fine. You're just you're just being lazy, not choosing Trout. No, nah, yeah, I picked Trout. You know that. <laughs> um, I didn't want to pick him, but I mean, my only argument if I didn't pick him, well, I could maybe pick him to finish second if I picked like a guy on a playoff team. I could make some sort of argument, whatever, blah blah blah. But if I didn't pick him as a finalist, the only argument would be him getting hurt, which is just a guess at that point. And he's never really had. He's had one year where he's had an injury that he missed significant time with. So still played 114 games, finished fourth in MVP that year. Yeah, but it was enough to make him finish fourth. But so I, you can't really bet on injuries, and I'm not going to do that to you because that's like the one thing you have to look forward to. You have Anthony Rendon, and I guess Shohei to look forward to. But um, it's just the one constant in your crazy wild life of being an Angel fan. So I'm not going to take that away from you. I'm just I'm just going to say it's Trout. I mean, he's never he's never won back to back MVPs. So I don't know how he could be the best player in baseball and not be the best player in back to back years. Yeah, for some reason I thought he did this year. I thought he won in 18. I completely forgot he didn't win last year. No, monkey bets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just picking Trout. <laughs> simple okay. as that. That's fine. That's that's simple. I will say uh, his OP, his um, OPS went down from uh, 2018. And his, <laughs> Bro, on base, his on-pace percentage, lowest it's been since 2015. Which and is crazy still because it was, <laughs> it was damn near 500 at Almost, one point yeah. in the season. Which means he finished rough. Maybe he's trending down. Maybe this is the Albert Pujols thing where he just comes no, out and all Tyler, of a sudden. Takes I a said step that back. as jokes to make you mad, but don't. Jason, there's that. no way in hell he takes a step back. He's led the league in OPS, OPS plus five years in a row. Okay, there's no way he takes a step down yet. But he could have been. No, not, not the Albert down. Pujols level, is what I'm saying. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Albert if but, Okay, but the thing with Albert Pujols is he was a very big man who performed <laughs> way more athletic than he should have. 
And now it's very obvious that he's way too big to have that low batting stance and he has garbage knees. Mike Trout's an athlete. Wait a second. Hold on. Oh, never mind. I don't know. I don't think he'll dip down. But and never say never is all I'm saying. All it takes is like one crazy knee injury that takes away his athleticism. That's true. Um, He's my number one. Pool holes, though. Five double plays away from 400. That's what I'm looking forward to this year. It's going to be great. No one's going to care, but it's going to be great. We're going to care. We're absolutely going to care. <laughs> so, yeah, we both got Trout. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. My favorite pick, if I had to make one pick that I want to lock, it'd be Jack Flaherty. It really would be. I really like it. I was looking at his stats. Dude's a fucking stud. Yeah, the last 12 starts, ERA under one. That's insane. You know who my lock would be, Jay? Mike Trout. Gavin Lux. Oh, thanks, Ty. Dude's going to be a fucking monster. Thank Ty. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you wanted to talk about something about the Dodgers, right? All right, Jason, you got into a conversation, uh, with, with some people on Twitter. Yeah, I did. Um, and it was regarding opening day starter and Kershaw's going to start opening day for the Dodgers. Most likely they haven't announced it yet, but it's tracking that way. Yeah. And everyone was saying that Kershaw isn't the ace anymore. And that Walker Bueller is the ace of the Dodgers. Okay. Everyone, and I saw a lot of people saying how someone said Clayton Kershaw's like a number three starter. Yeah. Jason, let me just let me just read you some stats from last year. Okay. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw finished the year. One of his worst years of his career. Yeah. I mean, he was garbage by Kershaw standards. Yeah. 3.03 ERA. 1.043 whip. Yeah. I, I, he had better stats than Bueller last year in his worst season. <laughs> in however many years. Dude finished eighth in Cy Young above Walker Bueller yeah. at ninth. The only thing Bueller has on him is strikeouts. Yeah. Well he's got the advanced numbers too, I think. But I don't know. I think that's because it's not war. I thought oh I thought no, I thought Bueller had a higher war. Kershaw had a three point six war. Bueller had a two point two. Oh wow. I stand correct. By one point four. That's more than the Angels Ace is gonna have this year. <laughs> yeah. I Keep in mind that Kershaw had an ERA under three heading into the last month of the season where he had like two rough outings that moved it over three. Kershaw is still elite. Yeah. Not only that, when you have two people who are elite and one of them's old, one of them's young, your ace is still the proven old guy. Yeah. Who's been in the league. I don't know why everyone is... I said Yankee fans are assholes. I still think my least favorite fans are Dodger fans on Twitter. Why would you say that about me, Ty? I don't understand. You're one of the ones that actually thinks for the most part. <laughs> Everyone's, oh, Kershaw, number three starter in any team. He finished fucking eighth in Cy Young. <laughs> he was a top ten pitcher in the league in last year in his worst season. I know. I said. I was, He's the best left-handed pitcher of our generation, if not ever by the time his career is over. I was being generous and saying he was a top 20 pitcher last year. <laughs> eighth. Eighth in Cy Young. So you could say 20 for both leagues, maybe, I guess. Top 20. Sure. Just to be conservative. Which isn't true. The American League is terrible. <laughs> um, I just, this whole narrative that Kershaw's done, Kershaw's a garbage pitcher. It's like, he's literally the best pitcher of our generation. Oh, yeah. And he's still, in his worst season, nearly had an ERA in two. Two-something. I mean, yeah, and it could Walker Buehler have a better year than Kershaw? Absolutely. I mean, yes. we both picked him as a Cy Young finalist. And yeah. Maybe after this year, it's clear that Walker Buehler is the ace moving forward, whatever. Kershaw's a really bad year, but... He's still the ace. He deserves opening day nod. And like Especially I, I, opening day. That means nothing. I that told this guy, just yeah. That. 
like, oh, they're they're doing the favoritism to Kershaw. Like, I guarantee you that we care more about who's starting opening day than Walker Buehler or Clayton Kershaw. Care. I guarantee if you ask Walker Buehler, he would want Kershaw to start. Yeah, Kershaw's the veteran on the staff. Like, Buehler probably looks up to Kershaw, and Kershaw was better than him last year. <laughs> now, I get the whole thing with Kershaw in the playoffs and why you oh, don't yeah. want him to be the ace in the playoffs. I get that. He's got a terrible playoff narrative, and when it comes down to but say the Dodgers are struck by the worst injuries in the history of baseball and you guys finish in a wild card spot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have Bueller start the wild card game. Yeah. Maybe. That's an argument you can have yeah. just because of Kershaw's past. But in terms of opening day and who your ace is, it's Kershaw. Yeah. It's the veteran who still is a top 10 pitcher in the league. Yeah. I no, This I literally agree. isn't even an argument to me. He was better than Bueller and he's the more experienced guy. It's just it's a thing where uh, Dodger fans are spoiled of what they have. Like I said, we've had I think a top five pitching staff all seven of our of the playoff years. And we had three top ten Cy Young finish finalists. And that's not I mean that's not the first time we've had insane. We had Granky and Kershaw both finish as finalists. Yep. You know a few years ago where Granky had they both had like insane years and Arietta just happened to have like a historical insane insane year. Excuse me. Um, so it's not the first time. There's you know Dodger fans. We're, we're spoiled, you know, we got so much talent and Kershaw's on his way down and watching Kershaw compared to four or five years ago where he was throwing 95 and he's dominating guys. And now he has to work a little bit harder. You know, his fastball is sitting 89. He's, you know, it's just like you confuse that with you're confusing what he is now compared to what he was then with him. Yes. Not being a great pitcher anymore. Um, again, so the point was he was the third best pitcher on the team last year. Uh, he statistically he was the second best pitcher on the team last year. Ryu had like a one-off crazy year, you yeah. know, and would and anyone he's not on your team anymore? And would anyone say that? I, like, would anyone say Hyunjin Ryu is a better pitcher than Clayton Kershaw? No, he, he had, had a, a better, better season. If you know, if Ryu rips off two more great years and Kershaw's terrible in two years, you could tell me Ryu's the better pitcher then. But you know, I take Kershaw over Ryu any day, and that was someone who loved Ryu. Um, you know, and like I said in my tweets, I think Bueller's highs are like way higher. I think Bueller can throw a nine inning shutout with 15 Ks. I just don't think Kershaw has that in him anymore, mostly because his age and because we don't need that out of him. Yeah. Um, but again, this guy that I was arguing with was saying, you know, my assertion because I said he would be number two at worst on 90 percent of the league. I thought about it. There was, I think there was like two teams I could think of, if two, the Nationals, Scherzer, Strasburg, Kershaw. You would can be make a tough the cakes. One. Kershaw could be third. I don't even remember the other team. And even then, I would put Kershaw above Strasburg. I, I would too. Um, I don't even remember the other team. But I was like, there's maybe like two teams. Maybe the Astros last year. Verlander, yeah, Cole, last Kershaw. year. But this year, I no. took Kershaw over. Uh, what's his name? Granky any day of the week. Um, oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah. So Granky this year would be their number two guy. I get you. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Yankees, even if Severino is healthy, I'd take Kershaw over Severino. Yep. Um, anyway, so, yeah, like, number two maybe on 97% of the league, whatever. And then, you know, number one on half the league. And this guy was saying how, you know, that's proving because he'd only be number one on, like, terrible teams. And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? And I, I ripped it off. I was like, Yankees, he'd be the second best pitcher. Astros, he'd be the second best pitcher. Braves, arguably second best pitcher. I mean, probably that's first. only if Mike Soroka has another great year. Um, yeah, I'd probably actually put him first. Um, Soroka could have the better year. Yeah. Cardinals, second best pitcher. I'm high on Flaherty. Twins, he'd be the best pitcher. Mm-hmm. Need I say more? And this guy just didn't respond. So That's like, I, I I don't understand, dude. And when you look at it, it's not like Kershaw, oh, old man, wasn't putting up the numbers or anything. He pitched four less innings. He had 178. Bueller had 182. 
So in the same body of work, he had a better ERA, a better whip, less strikeouts, but who the fuck cares if they're not scoring runs? Kershaw's biggest yeah. thing is he let up six more home runs in less innings. Yeah, he got hit and, by the long ball. And I think pitching, it's it's interesting how, like, you know, you have things like field independent pitching, which measures, like, what someone's ERA would have been if they had a league average fielding or, you know, ballpark conditions, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely understand that. And I think that stuff is useful when you're when you're splitting hairs and you're comparing marginal pitchers. And Kershaw's field independent pitching was worse than his actual ERA. Did he benefit from having a good defense behind him? Yeah. Did he benefit from having a pitching in a pitcher-friendly ballpark? Yeah. He's benefited from that his entire career. Was anyone pulling up his FIP five years ago when he won the MVP? Like, well, his FIP was 0.2 higher. Is he really as dominant as we think? Yeah. Like, I think at the end of the day, like, you can use those things to predict the future. And you can use those things. Okay, yeah, maybe Kershaw is getting worse moving on. And in two years, he might not be the ace. But, like... At the end of the day, when you're a pitcher, what matters is run scored. And I think it's become everyone's so in love with advanced stats that they're overlooking this. Wins is a flawed stat. You can, you know, yes. be terrible and still get the win. But if you're averaging, the other team is only scoring three runs every nine innings. I don't care what the advanced stats say. If you can do that, whether it's because of luck because you're fielding or because the pit, the park you're pitching in, like, oh, well, man. Like, you know I, what I mean? I don't care if you go one, two, three, strike out the side or you let up three fly balls to the fucking warning track with the bases loaded. Yeah. Like, I don't care. As long as you're not scoring runs, as long as you can stop the guy from third coming home, that's all that matters as a pitcher. Yeah. And like I said, it's good to compare people. So if you have someone with a 3.03 ERA that pitches in Coors Field half of his starts, just imaginary pitcher for the Rockies, they have the same ERA and this pitcher in Coors Field has, you know, but he has way better FIP, whatever it is. Like, yeah, you could be like, in that case, like, okay, yeah, this guy, you know, he's better statistically, you know, if you even the the playing field, then why take this guy? But Using that like against Kershaw, like, oh, he's terrible because he's slightly worse analytically. Like, dude, with what he's given, he's performing, and that's all that should matter. I mean, shit, he had a run last year. I- I'm going to have to count quickly here, but let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So 11 of his first 12 starts, he went at least six innings, allowing three or fewer runs. So a quality start. One start, he went six and two-thirds, allowed four. Then he allowed four runs in six innings, four runs in seven innings. And then again, another stretch, seven innings, one run, six innings, one run, six innings, zero runs, six innings, two runs, six innings, two runs, seven innings, one run. And it just, he was nothing but consistent last year. And yeah, he might not have wowed and thrown a shutout and done whatever, what Walker Bueller could do on his best night. But like, if he's going out there every night and giving you seven innings and the other team's only scoring three runs, like you're going to win the game. (laughs) And that's what a pitcher is there for. And especially at this point in his career, yes, he is older, which means he's more experienced. He knows he doesn't have to go out there and throw nine shutout innings. Yeah. He can go out there. He can let up a run or two and yeah. go seven. Yeah. That's all he needs to do. And I, I just, at this point, I get Walker Bueller is good. And yeah, maybe two years, three years, he's the ace. He could be, you know, again, I had him as a Cy Young pick. I think yeah. he could be great. But with that being said, if they're both close statistically, you give it to the guy who's still fantastic and has the experience in the league. Yeah. I don't, I don't, right now he is your ace. I agree. And the fact that Dodger fans don't see that blows my fucking mind. Well, and it's another thing too. Like I saw some people saying they weren't comfortable with Kenta Maeda and Ross Stripling in the rotation. Like obviously Kent is gone now and Stripling is like a swing guy. And this is before the Dodgers got David Price. But even without David Price, take away David Price. Like you're complaining about the Dodgers fifth and sixth best pitchers who on Pretty much every other team in the league almost would be a three guy. Yeah. Like Kenta Maeda, there's exceptions. You know, the Nationals are an exception. Um, I don't even know. I, I don't want to rack up my brain right now. But, you know, Kenta Maeda would be a three on most teams. He'd be a one for you guys. You know, yes, Ross would. Stripling would be a, 
a four on most teams at worst, a three on half of the league. Like, and these are your fifth and sixth best pitchers at the time. And like, you're bringing up numbers like, well, they only had like a three six ERA. Like our five guy had a three six ERA. You know how incredible that is? Like pitching is such a luxury that teams are paying Hyunjin Ryu who had one good year and is 33 years old, $80 million. Yep. They paid Zach, the Phillies paid Zach Wheeler, you know, a hundred and whatever million dollars. And he's never had an ERA under four, I think. I know he has. That's false by me. ERA never under 3.3. It's just insane. It's like, it's just, there's so much talent that it's easy to complain about some things. And it's like, dude, like David Price, that's a great three starter. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's someone who in the National League, you know, he was banged up. He didn't even pitch a full season last year. His last full season, two years ago, he had a 3-5 ERA. And people are just writing David Price off. That's a great three guy. Absolutely. If David Price is your best pitcher, that's an issue. If Clayton Kershaw is your best pitcher, that's not an issue. No, and that's what I'm saying. They're calling Kershaw, oh, a three starter. Your sixth guy is a three starter. <laughs> Kershaw is still an ace. Yeah. Walker Bueller is right there. Yeah. Like, you guys have two guys who probably would be aces, but at that point, give it to the veteran. Yeah. And, again, David Price, when he's on, maybe an ace. Easily a good two-three guy. Yeah. Kenta Maeda, Ross Stripling. Like, I I mean, shit, dude. Julio Urias. Um, I don't know if I've talked about him with you because I'm going to draft him in my fantasy league. Mm. And I didn't want to tell you that. It would be a real shame if I drove up the auction price. I, that's why I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> but and now everyone in our league that is listening to this is going to hear this. But I'm really high on Julio Urias, Ty. Really. You know what? I know to watch out for Jack Flaherty, too, on fantasy now. Um, I'm just going to read you some things, Ty. Okay. I, I might have I know I told Riley this. So there's um you know things like spin rate and whatever. There's a website for it. It's like an MLB website. It's baseball savant. It's like baseballsavant.mlb.com. It's just like a sub. So I wrote an article on Julio Urias about like his spin rate and everything. Um the next like a week later I looked at like the front page of Baseball Savant and he was a trending player. He was up like two thousand percent of people who visited his his page. I don't know if I did that, but <laughs> his advanced stats are insane from last year he was in the 79th percentile in velocity fastball velocity 82nd percentile in curve spin fastball spin he's in the 94th percentile k percentage 69th that's his worst his average exit velocity last year 100th percentile jesus his hard hit percentage last year 100th percentile expected weighted on base average which is them pretty much using a bunch of stat cast things including things like sprinters run their, their sprint speed and fielding whatever it's all those advanced things 90th percentile expected batting average 87th expecting slugging 94th like his stat cast is just up the ass with incredible numbers and he's 23 he's <laughs> just about to go there and he's like our fourth pitcher fifth pitcher because alex wood's gonna be our fourth pitcher yeah it fucking feels good to be a dodger fan man <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i hate him so much you guys <laughs> they don't most re- fans yeah, don't understand lo- what your roster is yeah. And how good it is. Oh, we've never won the World Series. Oh, they fucking suck. Oh, our management front office is garbage. You guys don't understand how deep your fucking roster is. Oh, and I'll, I've mentioned this so many times, and I'll mention it again. Like, you can build a team that's good enough to win the World Series and make the playoffs. In baseball, it's like this more than any other sport. Football, basketball, if you're the best team all year, chances are you're going to at least make the finals and yeah. then a good chance of winning. I mean, shit, it's been so long since a one or two seed in the NFL hasn't made the Super Bowl. Same thing with the NBA. You know, a four. The last time like a four seed made the finals was like the nineties. Yeah, it's not like and that football, in baseball. It's like a one game thing to where maybe there's a chance of it. Basketball, it's a series, and it's super unlikely since it's a series. Baseball yeah. is a complete outlier. And baseball, you know, you get cold at the wrong time, and it's 
you know, it's you can a wild card just won the shit. The Giants won three World Series titles in the decade. Two of them they were a wild card to the Dodgers. Well, actually, maybe just one of them because 2012 we didn't make the playoffs. Anyways, you could build a team that's good enough to win the World Series. Once it gets to the playoffs, it just matters who's hot at the right time, and it just we haven't got the bounces. You know what I mean? There's an alternate universe where the exact same Dodger team makes. We run a simulation. The exact same Dodger teams make the playoffs all seven years, and they win five of those seven years. Yeah. That's why we don't see baseball dynasties. We just don't like it's the, damn near the Yankees impossible to do it. The yesteryear, yeah, that's one thing when you know they have literally the nine best players in the league, but you know, like it they can only build a team that's good enough to make the playoffs and consistently continue that success. Not only be good this year, but to be good in 5 years. And they've done that. If you look at the Dodgers now, if everything goes as planned, like they're going to be a contending team in 5 years. Yeah. I saw I had another Twitter debate with someone who said that their title window was closing. No. <laughs> Was quickly closing because of the Mookie Betts trade. No, it's absurd, dude. It's you guys being the ridiculous favorites is closing with the Mookie Betts thing. Slightly, that doesn't mean you guys aren't going to be the favorites in the West every single year for the next fucking two decades. Just look at the roster. I mean, we got a 24 year old MVP. We have a 25 year old MVP finalist who people are sleeping on, Corey Seager. You have Walker Buehler, who everyone's projecting to be this great thing. We have Julio Urias, which I just read you the stat cast things, is projected to be insane. Dustin May, which I don't know if you've ever seen him pitch, but he's got filthy stuff. Got giant hair. Um, like Tony Gonsolin, who's been like, it's just weird. There's so Gavin much Lux. youth on that team. Gavin Lux. Literally I mean, just coming up this year. Will Smith last year coming up and like literally setting the record for most RBIs in like first 20 games or whatever it was. Like, You guys are fine. Max Muncy signed another five years, four years, whatever it is. Yeah. You guys are fine. Shit, dude. There's a legitimate chance, and I'm not even tooting my own horn. I don't think they do it. There's a legitimate chance they could threaten the all-time wins record, and they still had the second high, second best farm system in baseball, in terms of like top prospects. Yeah, like how can you shit on a front office that does that? Who's also in win now mode while also being set up <laughs> to be good in the future, better than any team in baseball. And I get it. I get the argument. You, know, they're just playing to win division titles. Like, no, like they're not. That's not an argument. It's, but it's They're the putting argument the best I see team all there. the time. Because when you, if I would have stopped everything in June last year, I would have been like, all right, Dodger fans, vote on Twitter. Yeah. Do you want the Nationals roster and all their minor league system and everything right now? Or do you want the Dodgers roster? Yeah. The vote would have been 100% to zero. <laughs> yeah. No one would have taken the Nationals over the Dodgers. Yeah. And that's just baseball. It's whoever's hot. Yeah. You put yourself in that situation and then whatever happens, happens. Were the Nationals the best team in baseball last year? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> they had a garbage bullpen. They had a couple of good starters who helped them out. Their offense was good, but it just got hot in the right time. Yeah. That's all it was. That's what you need, you know. And it sucks that I I can okay. The one thing maybe the Dodgers choke in the playoffs. Like statistically, they have been bad in the playoffs. But if you look at the overall stats of every playoff team, every playoff team gets worse in the playoffs. You're playing other fucking playoff teams. That's the thing. In the playoffs, you're playing the best other fucking teams. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not getting to beat up on the tr- fucking Tigers and the garbage teams in the league, the Orioles and fucking with you guys, every other team in your division. I mean, <laughs> shit. I mean, the Astros were one game away from losing in the NLDS last year to the Tampa Bay race, the race. It yes. went to game five and I'm pretty sure the Astros, you know, handled them pretty easily. But if something goes the wrong way in that series and they lose in that series, you know, like, it was just as possible for them to lose that series in that one game than it was, you know, just like the Dodgers, how they lost game five. Like, they easily could have won that game, too. Yeah. They should have. Easily. <laughs> could have been Dodgers-Rays World Series last year. 
No one would have been complaining. No, they still would have been complaining. And then I just <laughs> I can't wait for the Dodgers to win the World Series, and then it's going to be like, oh, it took them it took them long enough. Oh, they won despite Dave Roberts. Oh, fucking ugh. one of the best managers ever to start his career. Only manager in baseball history to start his career with four straight playoff appearances. Now, Granted, he got a good roster. And that's the thing is, they're, oh, well, he has a good roster. Then stop shitting on the front office. <laughs> exactly. There you go, Tyler. Which argument do you want? Is the front office bad or is Dave Roberts bad? You can't have both. <laughs> hey, the Dodgers did set the record for, uh, I think it was broken by the Yankees last year, but people on the disabled list, now the injury list, in his first year as a coach, and they still made the playoffs. I just... And with a baseball manager, you just need a guy who's going to freaking be a good glue guy and be like a good leader. And that's what Dave Roberts is. I love Dave Roberts. I'll always be a Dave Roberts apologist. But he's pissed me off a few times, but it's okay. That's fine. Job's easy when I'm sitting on the couch. Um, Do you ever pull someone who was like four for four on the day and uh, pinch hit Zach Cozart? <laughs> I don't think he's done that. That's a Coach Reaver move. That that made me hate our manager last year. Brad Osmus oh, is Brad. dead to me. <laughs> That one time? <laughs> this is the one time in a random game that didn't even matter in, like, March. <laughs> I was done. Angels. Are you done with the Angels, Ty? Bro. Griffin Canning. Not confirmed. Maybe confirmed by the time this comes out. Elbow injury, getting an MRI. Joe Madden, quote-unquote, is concerned. Yeah. I haven't done the research. Maybe if someone works for a website who posts articles about LA teams, they could post an article about all the Tommy John injuries and uh, young pitcher injuries for the Angels. I did a brief little bit of research, but not like a lot. Um, off the top of my head. The I ones can't... that you told me off the top of my head was pretty much all I found. There were some other like lesser names. Yeah, there's lesser name guys and then like relief pitchers and stuff. But I can't remember the last time we've had a young starting pitcher come up through the rota- you know, through our... Uh, organization through our minor league, our farm system, and go into the pros successfully without injuries or setbacks. Yeah. I was going through it. Matt Shoemaker. Okay, he actually had a forearm surgery, I learned. Uh, injury. Still, it took him out for a year. Yeah, again, yeah. an injury. He was gone for a year. Basically, it was fucking Tommy John. He was damn near rookie of the year. I think he finished top three rookie of the year. Okay. Great up-and-coming player. Injury. <laughs> Tyler Skaggs. Injury. Andrew Heaney. Tommy John. Injury. Skaggs had Tommy John, too. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Richards broke his ankle. <laughs> and then had Tommy <laughs> very, John. Very, very unlucky. That but wasn't, then yeah. had Tommy John. Yeah. Shohei Otani came over. We signed him. Great young guy. Tommy John. JC Ramirez. Tommy John. Now, there's one guy like Luke Bard or something like that. Does that name ring a bell? Maybe. Yeah. Tommy John. Um, I sent you another one, too. I can't remember who it was right now. I don't think you did. I think that was it. Oh, and Griffin Canning. Probably Potentially Tommy John. Tommy John. What the fuck is going on with our system to where we just can't have nice things? So I texted you. I asked how long until you give up on the ownership, and that actually went into an article that went up today. Um, I texted Ben the same thing. He said, not concerned on the ownership, more concerned on the training staff. And I was like, where do you think that stuff stems from? And not <laughs> like, only that, apparently we've switched out to training staff multiple times. It's It stems from a culture in the front office, which they hire people. You have your farm director who determines how many innings people pitch and, you know, what happens. It's either that or they're overworking guys in the minor leagues. They're either not paying attention to certain symptoms when they should be. Or it's just an extreme case of bad luck, which I just can't buy. I can't buy that. I don't believe it either. Especially being a team based in Southern California, which is one of the best places for young 
like college baseball and travel ball and shit. Like, yeah, there's so much stuff with high schools and college teams in Southern California where the camps and everything. Like, this is a great fucking place for young baseball in Southern California. Yeah, Orange County. I, yeah, I don't understand how we can't have any fucking luck and we are unlucky when we have all of these resources, all of these scouts and everything right here at our fucking disposal. Is it maybe rushing guys? I, I mean, Griffin Canning was drafted in 2018. Maybe. 2017, but his pro debut was 2018. He got one year of pro debut and then was just thrown into the wolves for most of the MLB season last year. He was 23. He's 23 Granted, right now. he was older, but you know what I mean? Like, is it maybe like rushing, expecting them too much? You know, are they overworking them in the weight room? Like, it's something because it's a trend. It literally has to be something because we have not had a single person come up and stay healthy. And, not, and yes, like me and you were saying, Tommy John is a common thing. Yeah. A lot of people have Tommy John. Not every single fucking person in your organization who has any chance of being good, though. And maybe it's scouting. Maybe they're, they're not properly scouting guys who are showing signs of like, hey, you know what I mean? Like a Even guy, that, though, that still seems like something that would be towards unlucky. And I just can't buy that. Yeah. Because chances are a scout sees a guy who's good. They're gonna, chances are he's going to get lucky and one of them aren't going to have fucking forearm injury. Yeah. Elbow injury. Like, I, it seems to me like something, and I was telling you, it could be we don't have very many high-level prospects, so everyone feels like they have a chance to make the pros if they just push themselves that much more. And Maybe. the coaching staff and the farm system and everyone allows that to happen Yeah, to where they overwork them and they say, oh, you know, they try to pull them out of the game. Oh, let me stay in the game. It could be that situation going on where it's just they're overworked because everyone has a shot of making our fucking garbage MLTB rotation. <laughs> I I don't get it. I mean, I've been in the um, Inland Empire's clubhouse when they're visiting the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes and I can't tell you anything off the top of my head that made me think that they were doing anything different than any other teams but I also wasn't very like paying attention to it there wasn't like arm wrestling tournaments every day (laughs) (laughs) because at that point that's what it feels like I don't remember no I can't tell you I don't I don't get it I'm so tired it just is another reminder that your owner pulled out of a deal for Ross Stripling yeah which would have made today so much better for me I was like, oh, fuck, Griffin Canning might be hurt. Good thing we got another guy. <laughs> but no, we don't. His initial reports were that they never actually had a deal. I think he's trying to play the card like the reporters jumped it before it was final. Like the Dodgers, like, I don't buy that, though. I really don't. His one report, he said he backed out of the deal. Yeah, but I now read, he's trying to backpedal and, oh, it wasn't it was, finished. Yeah. So it was right there. You backed out of it. You got impatient. I swear, if that's really what it is, dude, I just cannot wrap my head around that. An owner getting impatient because it's like he had to wait five days. And it's not even like it was the other team that he was trying to trade with fault. It wasn't the Dodgers' fault. It was the Red Sox being a garbage fucking franchise not knowing what they were doing. And I could maybe – okay, here's how I see it playing down in my head. Ready? Artie Moreno. Hey, Andrew Friedman. (laughs) Well, he wouldn't be actually calling him. Look, man, I know your side of the trade isn't – you know, working out, but our side of the trade has nothing to do with it. You know, can we just get this finalized? And then Andrew Friedman is going to be like, well, there's a chance that we're not going to get Mookie Betts. And I'm be honest with you, Billy Epler, that's your GM, right? Yes. Billy Epler, like, I'm not going to trade you Jock Peterson if I'm not going to get Mookie Betts. So just hold tight. That's going to finish in the next few days. After after it's done, you know, we can we can work this out. And Billy Epler's like, all right, I got to tell my boss. And then he tells Artie Moreno, and Artie Moreno's like, well, just pull out then. Let's bluff him. <laughs> Let's bluff him, say we're going to pull out. 
and then they're going to just do it right away because they need to get rid of the money. So Billy Eppler was like, all right, well, hey, look, if you can't do it now, we're not going to do it. Andrew Friedman was just like looking at his, his checkbook, and he was like, all right, and just hung up the phone. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> He's probably just sitting there staring over Billy Eppler's corner like, what What do he say? <laughs> what? Not yet? <laughs> Fuck. He hung up the phone. <laughs> I, I'm tired of it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I didn't even mention the Tyler Skaggs thing in my article because I don't know. All the facts aren't even out yet on who know who knows what and, you know. So I didn't even want to get into that kind of whole thing. But it's just – it's remarkable, like, you know, how many pitchers have gotten hurt, which, you know, whatever. Guys you've let go of, you know, Kirby Yates, Mike Clevenger, just to name a few. The big contracts they sign, Pujols, Hamilton, Vernon Wells, you know, Justin Upton. I know you're high on Justin Upton, but we could both agree he's overpaid. <laughs> Zach Cozart, bomb. Matt Harvey, bomb. There's been other names. You know how I'm at emotionally, and you're going to bring up the name fucking Zach Cozart right now? <laughs> I forgot Shane Victorino was an angel. Like, they always, you know, um, it's just, you guys haven't had a good prospect besides Joe Adele since Mike Trout. Yeah. I mean, one good, your only, like, good first-round pick of the last decade was Joe Adele. And maybe Matt Thiesis, thesis statement, but we don't even know if he's going to be good yet. Nope. We just know that he's been on the big league, so like he's one example. Like you literally substituted picks and or sacrificed first round picks, I think it was 2013, 2012, to sign people. You know how they have those like qualifying yeah. offer, whatever bogus. Um you know, you're one of just five MLB teams to not win a playoff game in the decade. But you, you still don't have that. you still don't have a good farm system. And one thing I I've never really thought about, but I thought about it when reading this article. I feel like a big problem with the Angels is every single year, and this could go back to Artie Moreno being impatient, if it doesn't work, he just blows it up and, like, starts brand new every year. What, when does that work for any team? Like, if you're a team that's on the fringe and you need that one extra guy, like a Mookie Betts or Manny Machado or whatever, yeah, you could trade for him and go for that one-year push, you know. But when do you ever see a team just, like, shuffle year after year with, like, interchangeable pieces and be like, well, I hope this year it works, like – you need to get a core group of however many guys build around that and then build it up from there and add pieces here and there instead of literally having a different starting rotation every single year. Like that's a big issue. You're not going to get any consistency when you're doing that, when you're reshuffling the deck. Yeah. And not only that, I think don't get me wrong. I love having Anthony Rendon and I think he was a great addition to our team. That was an embarrassing signing. <laughs> the fact that you go into the offseason saying we're spending all this money on starting pitching and you don't get the first guy, so you just immediately throw as much money as possible at Anthony Rendon. It's like you have a clear vision, and then when shit doesn't go your way, you hit the fucking panic button and just do whatever. Yeah, I wrote that in my article. Sure, the team signed Anthony Rendon, but that felt more like a move to sell tickets and a quick pivot from Garrett Cole. Moreno and company knew the Angels needed pitching, but after missing out on their only pitching target despite several other options, they pivoted and gave Rendon more money than anyone else. So many other options on the table to make a better fucking um, rotation. So many other options left after Garrett Cole signed that you could have added. And it was, uh, 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 hit the panic button, Anthony Rendon. Well, how it's just crazy how quickly it developed, too. It was like Garrett Cole signed. We were talking like, oh, where do you think Rendon goes? And you were like, you got to my apartment. And you were like, oh, we're, we're actually tied to Garrett or to Anthony Rendon. And then 10 minutes later when we're getting ready to record the podcast, boom, Anthony Rendon signed with the Angels. Yeah. Like – I wouldn't be – I would love to hear – you know how they – it was reported what the Dodgers offered Garrett Cole. And, like, I would love to see what the next highest bid on Anthony Rendon was. Who knows? 
Um, he's a good player. Um, he didn't fit your need, and it absolutely was like a, you know, like I I have this money I need to spend. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Uh, you. And it, he's done that a lot. <laughs> and that's what it comes. To, he's. That's really what it is. Instead of actually building the team and making a team deep, he goes, "Ooh, shiny Josh Hamilton. Ooh, shiny Albert Pujols. Ooh, shiny uh, fucking Anthony Rendon." Instead of Zach hey, Cozart. Hey, shut the fuck up. Hey, maybe I I use this money in different ways. Yeah. It's always ooh shiny. Throw money at. Maybe him. I should use this you know thirty seven million dollars I gave to Zach Cozart and maybe build up my international free agent pool. Maybe something I, as small uh, as that. Maybe I don't look like a dumbass and pay twenty million dollars for Matt Harvey and fucking <laughs> Trevor Cahill. Trevor Cahill, thank you. <laughs> Literally, it it's. Uh, but I won't sign Dallas Eichel halfway through the season because it's gonna go over my my budget, <laughs> my personal self made budget. budget. Oh man, dude. Some things need to change. Something needs to change. They've tried everything. There have been coaching changes, personnel changes, roster changes, even a GM change. One thing that has not changed is the culture of the ownership. That's what needs to change. Maybe, just maybe, that is due for a change as well. And I know you didn't bring up the Tyler Skaggs thing in there. Yeah. But that is still something that hasn't been talked about enough. Yeah. That is absolutely ridiculous that no matter how many people were involved in it, no matter how deep in the organization and how many people knew about it, that that was going on whatsoever. Yeah. Where you have a guy get injured and then has an addiction problem, and rather than addressing it, rather than getting him his help he actually needs and saying, hey, maybe you need to step away from baseball for a little bit, allowing that to go on during the middle of a fucking MLB season. Yeah. Uh, that's insane to me. Um, You know, and Angels' only World Series win was before Moreno bought the team. They were very good in the late 2000s, you know, and one of the big things was I know they signed Vladdy, and I'm sure he was a key part of that because he loves, I mean, shit, on his Wikipedia, Moreno soon demonstrated a willingness to spend the money necessary to sign premium players. Um, I think he has his hands in the basket too much. Um, I think, you know, um, I won't name names mostly because I don't remember the guy's name, but I had a person from the Angels front office, I guess, not like baseball side of front office, but like business side of front office, come and present in one of my college classes. And one of the things he said was like, you'll never meet an owner who's more involved with the team and loves the team more than Artie Moreno. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe um, it's a situation where like they have a puppy and he's squeezing the puppy too much and is killing the puppy. Like maybe you need to just step back and cause I guarantee that the pressure to sign these big name players comes from him. And he probably has this desire to be the best, be the best, be the best with no baseball background at all. Like, I don't even know what his background is. He's the CEO of outdoor systems, whatever that is. <laughs> um, you don't see magic Johnson. I mean, shit. Perfect example. Magic Johnson is one of few owners of the Dodgers ownership group. Look how terrible he was in his role with the Lakers. Like, and you don't see magic over here telling Andrew Freeman, like, man, that Mookie Betts guy, you know, like you just don't see that. You yeah. don't, you know, you, they hire the whole reason you have a GM is to make these decisions for you. And as much as I love Anthony Rendon, I guarantee if it was completely up to Billy Epler, we would assign two free agent starters and we would have Ross Stripling right now. I mean, would you rather have Anthony Rendon or, I mean, I don't even know who you could have gotten, but, or Mad Bum and Ryu. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if that would have been possible. I I mean, both of them have question marks, but. <clears throat> yeah. But still, when a team has an issue, you don't neglect that issue to fix something you were perfectly fine at. Yeah. And again, 
I'm happy we have Rendon. I think he's going to do great for us. Number three MVP. <laughs> um, but I'm tired of it. It's just not sustained long-term success either. That's the crazy part. It's like, yeah, if you guys make the playoffs this year, cool, awesome. I don't think you're going to win the World Series because your pitching's not good enough. Maybe you could sneak away an NLDS series win. I still, I don't AL. know. ALDS series win. I don't know when you're playing the other best teams. Um, cool, that was great. Next year, it's just going to reset again. If Teheran has a great year, you're going to get outpriced for him. And you're going to need Teheran to have a great year to win a playoff series. You know what I mean? Like, he's gone. I'm pretty sure Dylan Bundy's gone. Andrew Heaney's coming up on a contract soon. Do you re-sign him? Like, this year's big for him. You know, Canning, obviously, he has surgery. That derails him. Shohei, this year's going to be telling for him. You know, how can he balance the two-way? Like, there's no givens with the Angels except Mike Trout. Nothing. Even a statue. Well, Anthony Rendon now I would call a given for now, but like we said, he could very well fall off. I know you're high on Justin Upton, but there's just as good of a chance he's not good next year, no, Ty. Absolutely. I know you hate it. Um, there is. I still like him. <laughs> there, it's just, you know, it's it's – and have they made some good moves? Yeah, I mean they drafted Mike Trout. Um, Again, though, I, I feel the like I give them Simmons zero trade for that. The Anderson Simmons trade was a good trade, even if his hitting has since fallen since his really good year two years ago. It was still a very good trade he had for an what they sent. Injury last year, though, so I mean he's still his hitting <laughs> improved with our team. And you know they've had they've made some good things, but it's the ratio and just it's there's consi- there's something they've they've literally tried everything else, and there's something that's still not working for you guys. One good thing they have done more than Trout even has given us our Lord and Savior, uh, David Fletcher. Why are you so in love with David Fletcher? He's absolutely the uh, like the Angels Kike. Okay. Every single thing is just memes about David Fletcher. Okay. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> I mean, dude, like you guys have one top prospect, and it's Adele. I can't even look at your team prospect rankings right now. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's very tough. I feel bad for you, Ty. I feel what? bad oh, for me, too. I remember what I was going to say earlier. I remember a year ago, there was a proposed trade, and I just want to circle back. <laughs> it was like a MLB Network bullshit trade. It was Mike Trout for Cody Bellinger, Walker Buehler, and Julio Urias. Would you take that? Say it again. Mike Trout for Cody Bellinger, Walker Buehler, and Julio Urias. Yeah. I would not take that as a Dodger fan. <laughs> but I, I understand why you would take it. Yeah. You give me two people to actually help our rotation and another MVP caliber player. Yeah, he's not Mike Trout. Still a good outfielder. If it's ten percent of Mike Trout, that's still an MVP caliber player. <laughs> yeah, and two great arms. That yeah, the difference the what you would lose in Trout versus what you would gain in two young controlled arms. Yeah, would be exponential. Yeah, I'd absolutely take it. I wouldn't take it now, but I think I, I think I asked you that a year ago and you said no. But that was before Bellinger had his huge breakout yeah. year, so. Sorry, <laughs> I'm over it, Jason. You know what makes Did me I happy. Bum you out. You know what makes me happy these years. These days. These years. Mean... It is these years. There's been years of sadness. <laughs> I didn't mean to bum you out. I'm sorry. Movies make me happy, Jason. I know movies make you happy. You know, sometimes today we just gotta we just gotta close our eyes and uh, keep moving onward. Yeah, we do. I'm good. I'm I'm gonna be looking. You know, watching a lot of Dodger games. Hundred plus wins. I'm gonna be sitting at the movie theater. We might go to an Angel game together, try to catch Albert Pools' 400th double play. I love that. I love that we're going to go to an Angels game rooting for something bad to happen to my team. With some Fire Moreno signs? I'll, bring, I'll help I'll, you with I'll that. bring a fucking Fire Moreno sign and a heartbeat. <laughs> Who fires them? <laughs> Sell the team. Sell the team. <laughs> Sell the fucking team. Okay. That was sad. I'm sad. I'm not going to be sad anymore. 
this last episode of February, Jason. So we're talking March movies. Yes, we are. First one coming up next weekend. We have the weekend of March 6th. We got a Pixar movie. Yes, we do. Starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt. I forgot that Tom Holland was in this. Main character. Forgot that. I have not seen a single trailer for this movie, and that's just how I like it. It looks uh, heartwarming. Okay. Very magical, um, but a grounded magical story with dwarves and elves and other shit. Okay. It looks, I mean, well, I, again, I haven't seen anything, but I'm going to see it because anything Pixar makes is good. That's supposed to be like like fairy tale land, but modern day. So like fairy tale land with cars and planes and oh, okay. suburbs. Um, but they go on a quest, so it's still all magical, but like basically like a quest through New York. Okay. Looks interesting. Looks like a different take on things. This Unique. one guy, I'm assuming he's Chris Pratt. He has a jean jacket on. He's bigger than the other guy. Yeah. That guy looks like a different animated character from a recent movie, and I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've seen this character already, and they just turned him blue. Do you see that at all? I do. Doesn't he look like a like a recently made animated character? Does he look like one of the Frozen people? Maybe. I feel like he has like a like a maybe like a cr- uh, big ass chin. What's the one guy's name? Not Kristoff. The other guy, Sven. No, that's the that's the donkey, not the donkey, <laughs> the reindeer. What's that one guy's name? I don't, I don't know, Jay. It's it's the human Sven. What's it? Kristoff. He looks kind of like a Kristoff. Am I right about that? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Kristoff's got big nose. Does this man have a big nose? Eh, he's got an average nose. I'd say Tom Holland's character's got a bigger nose. We're gonna know. we're gonna find something, and post that on Twitter. Okay. Because I agree with you. We're gonna figure it out though. It's like in my deep back of my head. <laughs> You're gonna go to bed thinking about that tonight. Probably. I'll have a dream about it and that's when I'll figure it out. Uh next movie coming out that same weekend, Jason. I don't know if you've seen anything about this. Uh Ben Affleck directing Oh, he isn't a director. I think he wrote in it uh wrote it. And stars in The Way Ooh, Back. It's a basketball movie? It's a very serious basketball movie, rated R. I might go see that. I didn't even know this existed until literally right now. It looks absolutely fantastic. Just reading the description. Yeah, it looks very serious. Like, it's a very good movie. And I love Ben Affleck. I think Ben Affleck's a great actor. I like I like when he's in shit. I'm going to see this, Tyler. I'm making it a point to see this because... We will both see it then. I, I it might be a double movies. movie weekend. Because <laughs> I think I'm going to have to see Onward and I'm going to have to see The Way Back. Well, then we got a good podcast. <laughs> It'll be a real easy podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's about it. That weekend, first cow. Don't know what the fuck that is. It's got a good meta score. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, moving on to the next weekend, My Spy. Now, this is a very, very child-focused comedy. This is a movie that I hate that I'll see, but I probably will see. Yeah, it's got Dave Bautista in it, and you're going to be there. <laughs> and if you're a WWE wrestler and you're freaking in a movie star now, I'm going to watch a movie. Except CM Punk, because he was in a horror movie. I don't do horror movies. <laughs> yeah, uh... I won't see this, but I know you will. I probably will, and I'm ash- I'm kind of ashamed. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm sorry. You love yourself some Dave Bautista and bad comedies. <laughs> hey, Stuber was funny, man. All right, it's all right. Uh, after that, Bloodshot, Vin Diesel, comic book movie. Oh, I saw that the previews for that looked pretty good. I don't know if I'll see that though. That seemed like a Tyler guilty pleasure movie. It seemed like even a bit much for me. Is it okay? Is it because it's Vin Diesel yeah. and you're just mixing with the yeah, Fast and Furious? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's 100% Vin Diesel is the issue for me. If this was a rock movie, would you? Uh, you're also kind of anti-rock, I feel like. He just makes a lot of garbage, but I haven't seen a lot of the Rocks movies. 
I'm not gonna have this argument with you right now. Look, um, I'm gonna be honest. If it has a good score, I might see it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna. If it's got like a 60 or lower on Rotten Tomatoes, zero percent chance I see it. Does it have anything yet? Mm, I don't think so. All right, you can look that up. The next same one. Hey, it's got 94 percent like this movie on Google. I'm gonna like it too. <laughs> 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, I'm not gonna see it. Uh, next movie that same weekend, Jason. This movie was delayed and is finally getting released. The Hunt. What's The Hunt about, Tyler? Now, The Hunt is a movie that was supposed to come out sometime last year, and it focuses on rich people getting other people, I don't know if they're poor or what the situation is, basically can like tricking them into coming somewhere and then hunting them for sport. Wow. This movie was supposed to release, and then there was the two big mass shootings last year. Until they pushed it back. And they said, yeah, probably shouldn't release a movie about hunting people. September 27th, 2019. Is when it was supposed to come out. And now it's coming out March 2020. Um. Oh, it got delayed after um, President Donald Trump criticized it. Did he really? Yeah. That's surprising. We're not getting political, Ty. Let's move on. <laughs> I probably will see this movie. Okay. I don't know about opening day. I don't know if I'm going to be able to convince Victoria to go. But I will eventually see this movie. Well, if Victoria doesn't want to go, I'll go with you. How about that? You're going to be too busy watching My Spy. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go watch this instead. <laughs> All right, me and Victoria will go watch My Spy. You and Riley can watch this movie. <laughs> All right. Weekend after that, I've not seen the first one. I know for a fact you haven't seen the first one, but A Quiet Place 2 comes out. How do you know I haven't seen you The Quiet? You hate scary movies. Okay, I didn't know it was a scary movie. <laughs> it's a horror thriller about A Quiet Place. Emily Blunt, John Krasinski. Oh! John Krasinski is just the director. Yeah, he, direct, alert. he directed the first one. I remember that, actually. He was in the first one. Spoiler alert. I think he dies in the first one. Oh. That's why he's not in the second one. Just directing. Okay. Poster has the mom and the two kids. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say he probably died in the first one. <laughs> Have you seen the first one? No. Oh, okay. So I'm saying. I'm just guessing. He just spoilered a movie you haven't seen. Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, I don't feel bad about it. I haven't seen it. You can use common sense. Poster's <laughs> missing one of the main characters from the first movie. Probably died. Well, yeah, and if you haven't seen the first movie, why would you want to see the second one anyways? True. Unless they were going to watch both of them back to back, but you shouldn't have waited this long. Yeah, that's on you. I don't feel bad about it. You shouldn't that. have waited for the poster release. Yeah. Um. Other than that, Mulan. The Climb. What is that? I feel like I've yeah, heard I don't of that know movie before. what that is. No idea. Never mind. Uh, Mulan. A movie I will definitely be seeing. Not... Maybe against my will, but... Disney live-action remake, um, but different take on the story than their animated one. Yeah, I've been hearing that it might be better because of that, because they're literally only success with the live-action, or best success with live-action came in a movie where they did that. What? The Jungle Book. That was a good movie. It was more like the actual book than the movie. It was mostly the same, but there was small tweaks. Yeah, this one, it's PG-13, and it looks like it's going to be much more serious and based on like the actual tale of mulan rather than the disney-fied version yeah um that they did in the animated no talking dragon or any of that riley's very upset about that by the way i think it's fine if they're trying to tell the realistic version of the story i they, know, they I have know people it. love it but yeah you're, you gotta get rid of it um also came out today that i think they got rid of the love interest okay the guy okay and they people were mad because they're like oh he's like a never seen mulan it's like her commanding officer. Um, she falls in love with him as he's a guy. And they're like, oh, he's like a bisexual character because he falls in love with her when he thinks she's a guy. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, you're a girl. But then Disney was like, oh, but like with Me Too movement, like he's her commanding officer. Like that would be bad. Like the person in charge of her. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So I think they're moving from movie. They're getting backlash for it today on Twitter. 
Um, the the good part about these movies for me is I've never seen the original ones, so this is just a new experience. Same thing with Aladdin. That's fine. As long um, as it's better than Lion King. Lion King's awful. Didn't see it. Haven't seen the original. You didn't see the new one? No. Because you told me how bad it was. But maybe if I haven't seen the first Lion King, I'll like it. I mean, the story's still good. It's the exact same story. It's just much more emotion than the other one. I've seen Lion King one and a half. That's the only Lion King I've seen. It's the best one. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say about Mulan, Ty? I completely forgot. Oh, this was to say. How long? What is the year over under until we get Frozen live action? I'm going to go with 2030. I, I, that's so far. My brain can't comprehend that. <laughs> I still can't believe we're in 2020. And you're throwing out those random fucking wild numbers to me. Like yeah, we'll be 31 when that happens. We'll be in 3055. Take our kids to go see it. How about that? 3055 and you just, you just insert a chip in your head and you watch the movie. Hey, if I'm still alive and conscious in 3055, that's a win for me. Uh, yeah, it would be a win. You'd be like 160, 70. Like, honest, like... If they created no, no, that was very wrong. Be a thousand and seventy. <laughs> if they created like medicine where you could live to be like a thousand and you wouldn't be in pain all the time, like an old person, like I could just freeze myself at twenty one for like a thousand years, I don't think I'd say no. Actually, I don't know because then I'd probably experience the world ending. I'd rather just die on my own terms, but I could very well experience the world ending in my life. I would do it, but just for like three years, <laughs> just like a very mediocre jump forward, so I could be like, yeah, I'm from the past. Like, how long ago? And I was like, yeah, a couple years. No, I mean, like, you live for a thousand years. Oh, you said freeze your brain. So I like, was thinking, like, time jump. No, like, you freeze your age. You don't get old. That way you're not, oh. like, a thousand years old, like, oh, in pain. I would have done that a couple years ago. I got a gut on me now. <laughs> I was in much better shape a couple years ago. But your beard. Ah, oh, the beard. You get, it's a give and take, Tyler. Maybe I just work out and then do it. Maybe I just I just plan for this. Did you know uh, you should probably shave your beard because of coronavirus? That's just if you wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. I might get a mask. I'm a little scared about the coronavirus. It's becoming very serious. And I think I still I'm not taking it serious. Like, I know it's everything, like, the reports, like, oh, we're all going to die. And I'm just like, eh, it's just a flu. I think the death rate's only, like, 1%. Like, I think as Especially long as you... Especially for young people. If, yeah, if you have, like, a good immune system, you'll just get some pneumonia. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of pneumonia. No big deal. Um... But it still scares me. Scares me because again, I'm scared of the world, seeing the world, end of the world, and this could be the end of the world. It's also not good that just a few weeks ago I was bored at work. I was playing the old uh, Plague Inc. game <laughs> on my phone where you just infect the world. Not yeah. good. Made me think of coronavirus. I was like, it's so easy to beat this game. <laughs> oh my god! What happens if a virus just does this? Oh my god! Is that any other March movies, Ty? No, but I mean, maybe maybe don't go see these movies because coronavirus. Honestly, man. Everyone, here's a message, a, a PSA, and this goes to my girlfriend too because she does it as well. You might okay. do it well, Tyler. I've never seen you do it. What's up? People need to stop coughing in their hands. I know it's like polite, like, oh, let me cover my mouth. <laughs> you need to cough in your damn elbow. Okay. Because you're coughing and then you're just touching everything and wiping it. Wash your hands. Well, yeah. That's the key thing. Okay. If you literally go, <laughs> wash your hands right away. I see you do all that. <laughs> you just have a portable sink with you. Fine. I'll allow it. Okay. But if not, you better cough in your freaking elbow. Appreciate that. Jay. I hate hand coughers. I really do. It's my number one pet peeve. I think most of the time I just cough out in the open. <laughs> That's so it, bad. I aim down. That's so bad. I think if I cough on the ground, we'll just step on it and kill the virus. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely so, an elbow cough or sneezer. I usually go in my shirt, actually. That's fine. I'll That's take that. Thing. I'll allow usually that. I just pull it over. To- <coughs> I'll allow that. Okay. You got anything else, Ty? No, just watch out for the coronavirus, y'all. Yeah, it's scary. 
And if your friend has coronavirus, take care of him. Be a good friend, everybody. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.